Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 109, The Getaway from 1972. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Mercury. Better ideas make better cars. If the Mercury Monterey didn't have an incredibly smooth ride, it wouldn't be here. A bottle of nitro wired to a detonator in the back seat gives Mercury its most sensitive ride test yet. Shout out, Mercury. Well, shout out, Mercury. Thank you, Mercury. After the break, we'll be talking about The Getaway, the final episode in the Kicking It Old School app. What's weird? So, again, we've, we were just talking about recording and, like, how you know, splitting recording. And, like, in my mind, we're already into lap eight or lap seven. We're already into lap seven. But You're here we are. We're doing, the, we're doing the intro for lap six. We're back in six. We're not in seven yet. We are still in six for another hour or so. You mixed it up. It wasn't even me. I'm glad that I can't take blame for this. We'll talk about it next episode. You'll hear it. But Joe, before we go any further, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to? It's been a week since we did this because we did the uh, lifespan in between. So what have you done in the last week? I officially got like x-rays and stuff. Did I tell you about that? I think so. But I don't know if you said, I don't think you said it on air. I think you told me. Yeah, I officially got x-rays and stuff. My toe was broken in two places i've just been like kind of babying that a little bit it's not painful that's like the final end of that whole saga i just gotta wait for it to heal went and saw all the doctors and stuff and they're like it's fine just like you know don't fuck it up more i have been watching some movies and some tv shows i have started i told you and wes about it that i've started on lost so we can catch up for next lap although we're not in next lap yet oh boy yes correct we will save that for the future but i've started lost because we were saying you know next lap is michelle rodriguez lap and she's not until episode she's in what episode 23 is the first episode she's in she's in one episode of season one and then she shows up in earnest in season two right exactly so i've been like watching you know up until season or episode 23 in the first season it's not the first time I've watched this, but it's essentially the first time I've watched this again. And other than that, what else? I recorded a babysitter movie for Brian's podcast this weekend. Talk about another Lifetime movie with Brian. It was actually one that he picked. It was a lot of fun, so you should expect that out probably kind of soon, because I think he's already doing the babysitter stuff, so. Yeah, it's this summer. It's Mondays this summer, so I don't know when. Actually, I can look uh, at the calendar, but as you as you talk, I'll see if I can uncover it, but what else have you been up to? Drinking, made some pizzas, finally, like, reestablished being home, so baking some stuff, cooking some stuff, but mostly just trying to, like, stay low as hide as much as I can, essentially. I think, unless he changes it, I think your episode should be out on Monday, August 3rd. So, in a couple weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Not Not too far. Not too far. And then I had one come out recently. Actually, oh, today, as this episode comes out, on Friday, we were talking about Rad, which we have talked about on this episode, or this show, a little bit. We love Rad. I love wonderful, Rad. Wonderful, wonderful movie, Rad. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. My, my greatest joy in life is bringing Rad to people who don't know about Rad, because Rad is so beautifully perfect and beautifully dumb. It's so and wild. It. Yeah. I'm also going to be on another slumber party at the end of August, I think August 24th, unless that changes. Brian, I'll be again. But I'm going to say this, and you can like keep it, edit it out, or beep it out. But like for one lap of too fast, we should do like a planes, trains, and automobiles lap, so we could do rad. Just like all various mean modes, modes of means and modes of transportation. Yeah, it'll be like things that aren't cars. Yeah, I'll write that down. I can keep that in there because I mean, it doesn't. It's not happening next year, and people, you know, people are gonna forget. Yeah, about it. yeah. People aren't gonna forget about it. We're gonna forget about it, which is why I have to write it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? Like motorcycle movies and like yeah. boat movie, like anything that's just not like planes, trains, and automobiles. So planes, trains. 
and Auto- not automobiles. <laughs> but not planes and trains. Okay, we can call it planes and trains in parentheses, but not automobiles. Exactly. That's a perfect name for it, too. Are we allowed to do planes, trains, and automobiles, or does that not count? Or is that exempted? No, we, we can do that. As long as it's like the first one. We can time that, so because that's a Thanksgiving movie, and so we can time it in a lap that covers Thanksgiving, and we can do it that week. That would be cool. I'm down. I've never seen okay, it, so, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I've seen it once. I like it. I liked it a lot. I actually only saw it when I was really, really sick one year on Thanksgiving, which was miserable. Like, it's the, you know, yeah, you and I both the, love Thanksgiving. And I like, love that's like the Thanksgiving. Worst time. I hate all holidays, but Thanksgiving is like, good. November. Cool. I got it written down. Going to forget about it, but it's not happening in 2021. So sometime, maybe 2022. <laughs> you heard it here trains, first. But not automobiles. <laughs> you heard it here first in, oh yeah, by the way, still 2020. Uh, yes. So, whew. all right. Anything else you've been up to? No, that's it. I, like I said, I'm laying low, man. Well, as you can see in the Discord channel, I recorded an episode of The Fantastic Four, which is the unreleased 1994 version of the Fantastic Four. This is a Nico movie. They're doing Nico and Kevo on this lap or next lap. God damn it, next lap. Uh, this is the, <laughs> this is the only time it's going to be really you bad. You did this to yourself. I know, but like it's better. I mean, it's better. It's better. It's just confusing. I'm not arguing as hell. with that. I just like to make fun of you about it because all this chaos is your fault. I know. But next lap, Nico and Kevo are guests. They are doing a four-episode pivot, or maybe more. But I'm on four episodes of HTML. We're covering the four Fantastic Four movies. Cool. Our friend, our past super fan, but has since dropped off the face of the earth. She is 98 episodes behind on the podcast. Jess Montez <laughs> Collins Very uh, is joining us over there on those episodes. That's cool. Yeah, she was tweeting at us like, you know, I'm talking to my cousin or whatever, and we're referencing Fast and Furious. So I was like, so you're going to start listening? She's like, yeah, I'm just 98 episodes behind. By the way, this is episode 109. So she stopped in the first 10. Perfect. So she is not uh, quite into it. But I mean, hey, if anybody can do it, it's Montez. There you go. Since last time, I think I've just been watching things too. I'm at a point where like, I don't know, like I kind of ran out of other things to do. Like I'm, I'm reading, I'm still reading a bunch of books and I'm, there's nothing to do but watch things, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Stein, trying to stay home and be safe. So when was the last time we recorded? I guess it was the 8th that we talked about it. Okay. We briefly talked about this on Facebook, but I watched Palm Springs, the new movie on Hulu. Yeah. Which I think you would really like, but I'm not going to say you need to watch it immediately. It is a really nice funny, cool twist on a very common sort of trope okay. uh, that works really well. Plus, it's only 90 minutes, which is great. That's awesome. Uh, Andy Samberg. It's kind of a rom-com, sci-fi rom-com, essentially. Oh. It's on Hulu, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I watched the new Charlize movie, The Old Guard, which is on Netflix, which is good, not great. I was going to ask you about that because I saw it pop up on my Netflix and I was like, oh, wow, like a new Charlize movie. Did you guys, are you guys going to cover it? Did you cover it? We are. We have not yet. Um, Mike and I have had conversations about, you know, especially as we're doing two of these a week and we're finishing up Hanks. I think once Hanks ends in October, he and I are going to go back and cover a couple Charlize that we missed, including this one. Going to do some Shia, I think maybe, and then pick up on Elvis again. But just like right now, I'm already doing three a week. I just can't mentally do more. I'm so proud of you for knowing limits. That's awesome. Even though I recorded this episode with Nico on Monday, and I recorded Hanks yesterday, and I'm recording a Cruise Club on Friday, so this week is like five and six days, but Ugh. it's just my life, man. It's just what it is. Yeah. I have said no to podcasts, though. That's good. Also on our network, but yes. That's very good. Proud of you. What him. else have I watched movie-wise? No other movies, but I've been watching a lot of stand-up, as you know, as we talked about. So here's some good stand-up recommendations, I think. Which ones Rory Scovel watch? tries stand-up for the first time. Have, do you know Rory Scovel? 
No, who's this? I don't know. He's got a Comedy Central show that's on YouTube now. What would you know Rory Scovel from? He's just a comedian. He's on Comedy Bang Bang. I don't know if you would know him from things. He was in The House, which was that Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler movie. I don't he remember him He looks familiar, but I don't know him. Go ahead. Okay. His special is really, really good. It came out a couple years ago. It's really, really weird and good and works really well. John Mulaney said it's one of the funniest hours he's ever seen, so like, if that's Whoa. not enough praise. Okay. I watched Taylor Tomlinson's special. She's 26, I think. It's called Quarter Life Crisis. It's good. I didn't love this. I'm not going to really wholeheartedly recommend it, but I'm going to keep an eye on her because I think it was really good. I want to see where she goes career-wise. She also was on Mark Maron's podcast. It was like the episode was really, really good because I wanted to see the special first before I listened to that. And she's cool. I mean, she's got a good story. I watched... Cat Williams' Great America, which you and I love, at least The Pimp Chronicles. The Pimp Chronicles is, like, hilarious, dude. Have you seen any of his other specials, or no? The one that came out, like, right around The Pimp... There's, like, two. There's, like, the one with him in the green suit, and, like, the one with him in, like, the black velvet suit, I think. Okay, I have not seen that one. This one came out, like, two years ago, I think. Also really good. Like, I just love him. The way that he speaks, like, the clown persona he kind of has, but, like, he's so smart and insightful, and, like... He starts off with, like, 15 minutes of material about Jacksonville, where he's, like, filming, and it's hilarious, and I know nothing about Jacksonville. I feel like I've seen this, now that you say that, I feel like I've seen that part of it. The set is, like, the president, it's, like, the Oval Office. I remember Jacksonville jokes, and I remember him being in Jacksonville making fun of Jacksonville. So maybe I saw this, but I think I might have seen it when it first came out, like, two years ago. It's on Netflix, so, I mean, probably, if you're just, like, clicking around... A lot of these are on Netflix because that's just, you know, they, yeah, they did works. For, for a couple of years. They put out like one a week. I think they still are now putting out one a week. They're just like less vocal about it. But I also watched Tom Papa's You're Doing Great. I didn't really know Tom. Pa- I knew of Tom Papa. He's a New Jersey boy. He filmed this one in Newark. Uh, so mm. born and bred and recording there. But he, to use one of your words, just kind of wholesome. I mean, like it's a little, like, there's some stuff that gets a little edgy, but like it just, it's basically like an hour long pep talk, kind of just like you're doing great. Like life sucks. Life is terrible. The fact that you're just here and you have clothes on, like you're just doing great. And that it's really funny. That's cool. And then the only other one that I watched was Joe. I mean, only other one I watched like basically one a day. I watched Joe Mandy's award-winning comedy special, which is also really good. So if you're looking for a comedy, I recommend basically all the ones I watched because I've been, you should also be proud of me. I've also been bailing on a lot of comedy specials. Nice! 15 or 20 or 30 minutes in, and if I'm not, like, really into it, I'm like, I'm not gonna... I don't need to stop. I I can bail. I don't need to keep doing this. Yeah. There's not, like, one joke that's gonna, like, pull you back at the end that you're like, ooh, that was worth it. That's basically it. I'm trying to think if I've done anything else of note, really. I don't know that I have. Just been movies and stuff, and reading. So, yeah. That's fun. I do want to say, though, that this episode is about the getaway, and I mentioned this to you on Facebook. When I was creating the post on Facebook for this episode... I was like, why is the URL, the getaway, taken? I was like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck is there? And I looked, and I totally forgot. I listened to this episode, but it was years ago, that Philip Seymour Hoffman was in the remake, the one with Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, which we'll talk about briefly in this episode. But I was like, oh, shit. And so Brian and Kyle talked about it. He's like, he has a very, very small role in this movie. Yeah. But if you want to, if you're interested, I guess, in their take, because you know both of them from this show. You know them. If you're interested in their take on the remake, go check out that episode of P.S. I Love Hoffman, back in the archives. Wherever you get this, you can get that one. So just want to put that out there because, you know, it's a, it was, it caught me off guard. I was just like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird coincidence type thing situation. You're like, why the fuck? Like, I can imagine you like typing in, you're like, who took the getaway already? Like as a URL, like why? (laughs) Cause like I posted like until like recently I started, I was posting everything. And so I was just like, I have a pretty good sense, especially since like most of the things on our like 
at least half, if not more than half, on our site is stuff that I was on. Yeah. Like, I've never talked about, like, I never even, like, really heard of this movie until this lap. Like, I never talked about this. It's not a bad movie, so, like, real bad wouldn't have covered it. I'm like, who could have covered, like, it's not a third movie, so, like, Mike wouldn't have covered it. And you post everything, and you listen to everything, so you would have seen it. Yeah. The Getaway, The Getaway. Go check it out. I don't remember, I but I vouch for it, so good episode, I'm sure. Right? So, cool. Do that. Yeah, it can't be bad, right? Joe, we have a Patreon page here on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson. Thank you all so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was thinking about, like, I should just start putting, like, weird random things in there, because I feel like when we get to certain parts of the show, like, probably this chunk... And at the end, if people are going to utilize that 30-second skip, it's probably here because we say the same thing basically every episode. So just start throwing, Ooh. like, weird stuff in the middle and just see if people notice. Ooh, yeah. I don't know what that weird stuff would be. Like random, na- like, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Cassie Wilson. <laughs> Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Vin Diesel, Ben Milliman. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I think I called them Ben Milliman. That's a, that's a combination of Vin Diesel and Ben Milliman. Oh. Ben Milliman. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Ben Diesel. Ooh. Yeah, thank you all so very much. So, Okay, so this episode comes out on Friday. Tomorrow, as planned, you will hear the kickoff to lap seven, the back half of this next episode with Nico and Kevo. Yeah. Then on Sunday, this Sunday, I'm going to announce, I'm going to post, we already know, but we're going to post on Patreon laps eight, nine, and ten, the themes, so our $10 a month patrons can get their ideas ready for next year. You get one pick per lap. If you want to upgrade, you can have a one pick per mm-hmm. lap. If you want to know what it is, if you're out there listening and you want to just, if you're curious, even a dollar a month gets you access. Like, basically, Guys. everything that we post on there, it's all just a dollar a month. The higher tiers, you get, like, the voting, picks you get the stuff. Yeah, yeah. picks and stuff, and, like, merch and everything like that, swag, but, like, you get access to everything from even a dollar a month, so. Yep, true. This Sunday, you'll know, basically, what the next year after this lap, after this next lap, what the next year of Too Fast, Too Forever is going to look like, so. And no, no spoilers to anybody that listens. Um, I already don't know what the themes are. So well, you. I will say that you wholeheartedly endorsed all three of them. So I know. Yeah, yeah, I know that they were good. If you ask me to like <laughs> list them, I couldn't tell you them. All right, Joe. We also have an email address here on the show: family at cageclub.me. And I think we have. It's let me just week. double check. Do we have a fuck ton? I can imagine it being a lot. No, we we don't have a ton. We have five. One of them is pictures from Hector. So we're going to cool. skip that okay. one. He sent in three pictures, I guess, to do a, do again together if we do another Bachelorette oh, style. Oh, he liked that so much that he, he sent in three? Okay, cool. That's cool. I like that. Yes. Good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that that shtick that was going on. So that's fun. So we have four emails we're going to read today. Again, if you want to email in family at cageclub.me. But Joe, first up from... He has not written it in a while. Wells Lamont. What up, Wells? How are you doing, brother? He was just asking us when the next uh, watch party was on Twitter, right? He was. Yes, yes, yes. Subject line, I wrote this at different times so long ago. It will make zero sense, but it's all stuff you guys discussed. Okay. Jackbox is awesome. Me and my friends play Drawful and other games, and it's so much fun. I guess it's like a party phone game. It is. There's like It's party phone game. There's also like on PlayStation. Like You don't know Jack and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, you can, yeah. I remember these. You can these. Like, tune in with your phone. It's cool, yeah. Well, says, I really enjoyed Takers. It's great, entertaining, and has a great cast. Takers. What Takers is, is from 2010. Idris Elba. Paul Walker. Oh, right, right, right. Idris and Paul Walker this, yes. and T.I. and Zoe Saldana. We talked about this. 
I remember talking about this, but forever ago. Yep. Or maybe not. I don't know. Time is weird, as we know. Flat circle. Joe mentioned CBD weed. This is how behind I am. LOL. Don't remember talking about this, but all right. Anyway, my friend moved to Brooklyn. Huge pothead. Strict weed laws it's hard to find. His girlfriend really? had a guy at work that sold weed only on Thursdays. Weird, I know. <laughs> also, it's very expensive, but it's New York. Everything's expensive in New York. It's just what it is. Yeah. He bought an eighth and was not getting high. He was getting blue balls. He was frustrated and just wanted to get high. Long story short, it was CBD with little to no THC. Dude who sold it to him is an asshole. That's messed up. Crying laughing emoji. Crying laughing emoji. Crying laughing emoji. Crying laughing emoji. I'm, I'm a big fan of the diet weed. My mom and sister, they have their medical cards in Pennsylvania. How he couldn't find weed in New York is mind-boggling to me because there's everything you can want. You just need to find the right people. The CBD weed is is fine for me because I'm not a giant pothead, so I, I get too stoned and scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. Um, so mad I missed the Death Proof episode. If I already wrote in about this, I apologize for being redundant. If you did, we probably don't remember. But my favorite part of Tarantino is his dialogue. He's so good at writing, and there's not much action in the movie, so the dialogue had to be good. It's all women, too, which was great, and it was very well done. Great. Most people have at the bottom of their Quentin movies, their QT movies. This was the first QT movie I ever saw before wow. I knew who he was, and well before I realized what good movies, good acting, and not Nick Cannon or Paul Walker. By the way, Nick Cannon's canceled. Have you heard about that? I heard that he was, but I don't know why. I know that he lost his show. What did he do? He said on his show, we, as in black people, were the original Hebrews, and it just uh, did not... Um... Was he Was he trying to, like, skate... Uh, Wells and I have talked about this, too. Was he trying to, like, skirt some attention away from Deshaun Jackson saying, like, something really stupidly anti-Semitic the other day? Day. I don't know. I didn't hear about that. Maybe? Oh, you didn't? He no. said something like, oh, he said, oh, fuck, he said something really stupidly anti-Semitic. I don't even remember what it was. It was like, it was one of these things where it's like, you idiot, just like, just don't say this. You know what I mean? It was like one of these yeah. things. It was like, I don't think that he's anti-Semitic. Like, Wells and I were talking about this, but we were just like, the thing that you said was just like, God damn it, you're so stupid. Just shut up. Like, Put yeah. your phone away type thing. Okay, maybe he was trying to save Deshaun Jackson and got himself canceled by accident. He says, uh, not Nick Cannon and Paul Walker movies were, probably a reference I've made before. I will say that I didn't know who Tarantino was, really was, uh, when I saw the first trailer in theaters for Kill Bill. And I was like, what? I, think, I might have even told this story before. Because it was like 2002, so I was probably 14. I mean, I wasn't, that's not okay. like, I don't think it's crazy. No, 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 14 is a good age because, like, these aren't movies that, like, your parents would have shown you as a kid, right? No, so, like... and I saw, I, I would see, I would go on to see Pulp Fiction in the next year or two at my friend's house. I still didn't even realize in the time, like, how mind-blowing it was. But I remember in theaters being like, who the fuck? Does this guy think he is? He's going to put out volume one of a movie. I was like, this pretentious motherfucker. I'm like, come <laughs> on. Who is, who, how does he know that this movie is going to do well enough to get a volume two? And then, you know, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I remember but, I watched Pulp Fiction pretty much on loop, like, my sophomore year of school. I think I'd probably watch it, like, twice a week at night. Like, just wow. while I was doing other stuff. Yeah, like, Pulp Fiction, like, the beginning of it. Like, I've watched the beginning of it, like, so many times. Because I would have, like, insomnia. So, I mean, like, I was watching movies all night, every night. But, like, Pulp Fiction was one that would just be, like, in the DVD player that I would play all the time. So Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like this movie originally for the car crash and the car uh, and the ending car chase only. Now, I like it for the good convo and solid acting. It's wonderful. It is. Definitely. Says, I've given you guys my QT list before, and this was middle top, I think. Jungle Julia is great, and the acting is legit. It's no Leo and Jamie Foxx, but it's fantastic. 
Yep. As I'm writing this, you brought up True Romance. I'm learning to play that song, You're So Cool, on piano. Oh, that's awesome. I love that song. Do you know, you know that song? No. I've never seen True Romance. Everybody's been telling me oh, to watch man. it. I love it. That's my favorite thing that he's written. Yeah, I know. Everybody says that. Everybody says it's, like, incredible. But I had somebody that was, like, trying to pressure fuck me to watch it, and I didn't. I, I got turned off by that. So. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you basically know what it is kind of before you exactly. see it. But it's, it's a love story. It's Yeah, but it's great. There's a, there's, a, the, the, there's a song by Hans Zimmer called You're So Cool that, like, repeats throughout because, like, at the end, you know, they say to each other, they're like you're so cool but there's like this motif through it and like this song it's kind of like don't know music enough to, but it's kind of like calypso-y sort of but it's like this like okay dun 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 like it's a very cool like you probably have heard the song just probably around says i heard they didn't play the lap dance scene in death proof in the theater version correct it's yeah. only on dvd is that true yes it was uh missing real i think we talked about that briefly that that was cut out and the scene at the convenience store was cut out so they cut out like 20 minutes or whatever but yeah, yeah like it's the, just it was a joke in the foot fetish scene yes love the song he uses in that scene another thing oh yeah the down in mexico great song Another thing I enjoy that QT does is his overlapping of sound, which a lot of directors do, but he does it better. The way a pipe is lit, beer being poured, cigarettes getting grabbed off a table, it's Mm. all on purpose. I don't get ASMR triggers or anything like that, but it enhances his movies. You're right. Uh, Now that you say that, I've never really, like, put that into words, but I can agree with it. Yeah. There's, like... Layering of his sound, yeah. It's like that, but there's also, like, something that I really love that Spring Breakers does really well, where it's, like, layering and overlapping sound, and it's editing in a way that, like, there's the sound and the music and the scene, and it's telling multiple stories at once by the same scene, but, like, kind of like a mini... Like, what I'm trying to describe is in Spring Breakers spoiler alert when they get arrested at the party and like you're seeing them partying but you're also seeing them get arrested at the same time but like as they're telling the story like they're still partying but they're also cutting back to them at the cop car all in in, in handcuffs and like the way that that's edited like it's stuff like that where it's the layering of story and it's different from the sound but a similar kind of aesthetic like anything playing with time or playing with perception or traditional movie tropes i think works really well yeah harmony corn's a master too man so mm-hmm. i'm still listening and catching up don't think i'm not it'll take more than a verona b maybe corona b <laughs> or is he is he inverting i don't know to get rid of me it was bad timing when i stopped being able to listen to you guys as much you started doubling up on episodes yes yeah, which i realized is maybe a bad thing but whatever we're just we're doing it. it's out there if you listen you listen i'm glad though because i'm running through them i'll really be able to start catching up this next week so i'm excited for that okay broman Oh boy, Bro Montanas, Bro Montanas, Bro Montanas. But it's but he's got a little uh, tilde on the end, Bro Montanas. Okay. It's been fun. I'll catch you on the flip. Peace out. Thank you for writing in, brother. I'm just glad to hear you're doing good, man. That's it. Always good to hear from you. And we'll have another watch party soon. I'm sure. I'm getting itchy a little bit for one. So it's we were doing like one a month, kind of, right? Plus, we're you know we're entering a new lap, so that's gonna be good. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, might be a good idea. Next email from Jerry Robinson, subject line, hey fam. What up, Jerry? How are you doing, bud? Says, with the Letty lap, I'm wondering if you'll do Avatar since she was in it, but there's no car scenes, which, as of right now, we're not. It's not on the docket. You mean, you mean Space Pocahontas? Space Pocahontas, Space Fern Gully is not on the docket. Oh, yes. Space also, Fern Gully, God, I never even put that one together. Fuck. Oh, that was the whole thing. Like, it's, yeah, that's what people were saying that it's just Fern Gully. It's the same thing, but in space, right? Oh, so. I, I always just thought it was Pocahontas. It's just Space Pocahontas. So there are two movies I was looking, and there's two movies. There's Avatar and Machete Kills, which this might also allude to or hint at what we are covering, but those are two that are not on the docket right now. So if you really want us, dear, dear listener, to cover one of those, TooFastCoverCover.com. Yeah. 
I mean, Avatar is like. I thought about it. There was a reason. Huge. I don't it's remember. It's huge, right? Like it's that's two what hours I'm and forty-two minutes. No, but I'm saying like it's just like a huge movie. Like so, you know, like we like to throw in some of these like big movies, but like unless you guys like really want it, like a huge movie, it's like, well, what can we say about Avatar that somebody better than us hasn't already said about Avatar? But I guess nobody's looked at it like if it's Letty instead of Space Pocahontas. So, so I'm looking in our Facebook thread, and I said to you on April 30th. Also, we could. This is all back to back in a row. Okay. Also, we could do Avatar. I don't know if I want to do Avatar, but we could do Avatar. Okay. And then you said, from the Letty perspective, it's kind of interesting. As long as we cover them as Fast and Furious movies, I think it always kind of works, which is true. But you That's know. It. Oh, perfect. That's exactly what I, my stance stayed still. No Gemini yeah. nature that time. I nope. was firm in my re- resolve for my opinion on that. <laughs> as of right now, no Avatar, no Machete Kills, but if you want, TooFastTooFur.com. You can make it happen. Yeah, I'll do it for sure. Like, I'll watch it like that, but... All, so what's also weird is that she's in the first one. I don't think she's coming back for the second one, but I think Vin Diesel's in the second one or something like that. So, Avatar? So, like, there's a fast connection. Yeah. What? Vin Diesel's going to be in Avatar 2? I, well, I knew that they just said that they were making Avatar 2. They're making Avatar 2 through 5. Jesus! How many cameras did he need this time? I don't know, but in Avatar 2, so here's the cast of Avatar 2. Zoe Saldana, Vin Diesel, Kate Winslet, Edie Falco, Jermaine Clement, Sigourney Weaver, David Thewlis, Sam Worthington, Giovanni Ribisi, Michelle Yeoh, coming out next Christmas. Giovanni Ribisi, that's a little fast nection too. Well, gone in 60 seconds nection there. We should do a Giovanni Ribisi lap. Pretend like he was in Fast and the Furious. He's in so many movies that I love, but yeah. He was in, uh, he's been in a couple of Cage movies that I think we've done. Yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> well, I mean, I think besides that, though, I think. Maybe I'm just not. just kidding, I know. He was in That Thing You Do, which we covered for two different podcasts. He was in Gangster Squad, which we covered. Goster Squad. Goster Squad. Ways to Die in the West, which we've covered. The Gift, which Mike and I have covered. He's in Boiler, Boiler Room, Room, your favorite. Boiler Room, top tier. Maybe I'm just, uh, maybe the only one that he was in of Cage was Gone in 60 Seconds. But also, yeah, Lost in Translation, Avatar, Saving Private Ryan, Ted, Virgin Suicides, Lost Highway, Selma, Public Enemies, Bad Batch. I mean, has nothing to do with Fast and Furious other than being in a movie that's similar to, but that's, <laughs> it's a stretch. Just, I know, it's just a joke. <laughs> on a long enough timeline, on a long enough timeline. We are here for Infinity. <laughs> so maybe he'll be in 10. Who knows? You don't fucking know. Would that be more, I don't even know, like, I don't even know who I have, I don't have somebody to compare him to, but like on a scale of excitedness, Giovanni Ribisi showing up on one of these would probably be pretty, like more exciting to you than the average Fast and Furious viewer. Yeah, but it, it would not be exciting to, like him being added on to one of these movies just like, Cool. <laughs> like, you just shrug, like, okay. Oh, shit, you hear that Rabisi's... You know, who cares? <laughs> who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool, they must they must have killed off, like, 15 of the people, and they need to replace somebody, so, yeah. Oh, he cool. played Jesse, though, right? No, that's a different guy. <laughs> yeah. Jerry says, about the Batman movies, I love Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which is Ileana's favorite, especially the different outfits, but not the Batman nipples. Yes. The nipply Batmans. I forgot about those. That's right. Favorite Batman top three would be Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, and the OG Adam West. Do you remember the scene from um, Neighbors when he's like, yeah, when he's like, who's your Batman? And he's like, Christian Bale. And he's like, no. Difference of generations. Yeah. Zeph loves Christian Bale. Seth Rogen loves Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Who's coming back as Batman, supposedly, right? Who also, Michael Keaton, reminder, he's a wholesome Pittsburgh boy. Just to let you know, big Steelers fan, Michael Keaton. It's always no way. games. It, the only thing that's more surprising than him being a Pittsburgh boy is that you knowing that he's from Pittsburgh. Oh, wait, not <laughs> surprising. How do you know an actor's from Pittsburgh? Joe will tell you. Yes. Do you have a top three Batman? No. I mean, like, I would probably be, like, a Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, Val Kilmer, just because I love those ones because they're so bad. 
That, okay. that would be like my top three list, but I never thought about it. I like them all for different reasons. So Christian Bale's obviously great. The original yeah. Adam West is great. I'm holding a number one slot for Robert Pattinson. I think that he could be. Dude, like, Pattinson could. You know that we're huge fans. He could Bill be a Boche. big sleeper pick. I saw people talking mad shit on Robert Pattinson when they he they announced that he was Batman, and I was like, you guys haven't seen any movie that he was in since Twilight because he's fucking good, and like he is, he could definitely. I think he could dethrone christian bale as like the best modern batman for sure best batman period i think i think so i also love uh kevin conroy voices batman in the arkham video games which is great oh cool i mean he kind of pales in comparison to like nolan north and stuff the other voices in those games but yeah i mean there's been a lot of good there's not been a lot of bad batman i mean that's true meanwhile i think like there's a lot of bad spider-man yeah Clooney and Kilmer not necessarily great. Ben Affleck was... I thought Ben Affleck was great in nah. Batman v Superman, the first one, and then in Justice He was the worst part of Justice League. But I thought he was really good in the first one, and then the second one, I was just like, oh boy, this is... Oof. He's like just too Oof. old to be Batman, is what it is. But like, like, in the comics, like in The Dark Knight Returns, which is the two-part Frank Miller one in the yeah. 80s, which is like the most famous Batman comic of all time, Batman is like a 55-year-old dude. I know, but like, he still needs to, like, he needs to... He can be 50 but he needs to like look 40 at the most ben affleck looks 50 so it's like okay cool those comics are so great i mean i'm not you know the, yeah. not news here because they're known but like i didn't have a problem with it i think that like just there's other other issues i don't know i don't know i don't like ben affleck to begin with anyways just i'm not a ben affleck fan we almost had the ben affleck podcast and then that went away and thank you okay good good Oof. choice with the burger bar in san francisco it's inside of macy's whoa okay you walk inside macy's and there are two elevators so the left is burger bar and to the right is cheesecake factory oh nice I do well, you go inside cake any elevator they'll take you up to the respective restaurant i love this lap of old car movies i've never seen any of them before but thanks to you guys it feels like i have that's all i got for now my brothers be fast and not last Thank you, Jerry. But yeah, check out some of these old car movies. Like you, I think you'll you could pick up the tones of which ones we were like. This is fucking. You need to watch it immediately. Type feels so. But all of them were good. The only downside, the only difficulty about this lap is that a lot of them aren't popular enough or in the mainstream enough or recent enough. Like you have to pay for most of them. Like a lot of the newer, new, like just newer movies in general are more accessible. Yeah, like, on I think like that's Netflix like, or Hulu that's the or only whatever. that's yeah. the only real downside is that like almost all of these movies you have to pay to rent. The other thing is is like dude i'm sure that you can buy a lot of these dvds for like 99 cents on amazon so just like yeah. pick one a week and just like buy the 99 cent used dvd of it and like you're not deals gonna be disappointed. it's worth a dollar gotta get rasputin back open so you can hop there and get deals all day at rasputin well jerry's in the bay area maybe he knows rasputin <laughs> he's he in the bay area. Does. I think he is right he's in oakland yeah or he's or close oakland. check out rasputin when it when it opens back up deals, deals all, all day, day. <laughs> If we actually, when we get a real sponsor, not that these, not these sponsors aren't real, but when we get a real sponsor, it better be Rasputin. That's all I'm saying. Rasputin's up there. It's like Corona, Rasputin, like Showtime for you. You're always talking about Mm -hmm. Showtime. Next email from Jake Freer, who also hasn't written it in a while. Slipping line, a bunch of different things. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? Says, hey guys, first to Joe, I want to say what happened to your dad was fucking bullshit, and I hope whoever did it gets caught and faces some punishment, and I hope you have a speedy recovery with your injury. Thank you, sir, and I hope that he either gets caught or faces severe punishment or both. One of those things isn't asking too much. So next, I was wondering if either of you have read or listened to It, the Stephen King book, It. Have you read that or listened to that, you and Rachel? I read uh, on a plane, I read like the first maybe 
10 chapters of it and I meant to pick it back up and then like I picked it back up on another flight and I was kind of far away but like no I've never like fully delved into all of it I'm just aware of the beginning of it and it kind of starts a little slow for me it it wasn't like something I was immediately into I've only read a very few Stephen King books um I saw the movies I did not like the movies I think that they're the new ones or the old ones or both the new ones I've not seen the old ones Oh, the new ones are fun. I like them. I know that that's not an indication of the book, but like it, it sort of made me not want to read the book, which is I know it's unfortunate. I mean, I might at some point, but they're also it's big. I've got so many other things to read that I want it's to. Long. Yeah, it is long for sure. Uh, Stephen King books, like I've never disliked any of the five or six that I've read, but I haven't loved every one of them. I've either liked it or like there's some like The Outsider, which he wrote a couple years ago that became that HBO series. Thought the show was okay. Loved the book. I really liked Under the Dome. I really liked Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. I really liked some Under of the, the Dome short was stories. A good show. I watched the show, yeah. Yeah, I... Like, we watched the first season, it was interesting. When I realized it wasn't, like, a mini-series, it was going to be ongoing, I was like, oh, I don't really... Like, yeah. that's... I think yeah. so. I think I watched the first season and bailed, too. Um, oh, on that note, I wanted to say... Oh, I forgot because it was so long ago, but we watched we watched all the things that you recommended, and I was waiting to tell you about them. 237, mm-hmm. which was just, like, a bunch of nut jobs that they put together and let them right. talk chaos for an hour and a half, which was wonderful in its own regard, but it, there's some people that have some wild conspiracy theories about the Yeah, it's the like, Shining. get a job, you guys. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, like, there's some stuff that you're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, you know, you're, they're like, oh, did you see, like, this chair's not there? Is this, like, because they fucked up the shot, or is this because, like, you know, a ghost was running through the set? And you're like, what? Uh? Yeah, it's basically like if, if the Fast and Furious minute became, like, a documentary, people were like, why do these people, why do who let these? Who let you in here? <laughs> exactly. That's precisely it. So I watched that, but I also watched the the three part series. Is that the is that the one that Stephen King made? Yes, the like okay. the what is it like ninety seven or whatever one. Yeah, yeah. That has one of my favorite lines in anything I've ever seen. It's incredible, and Rachel and I have been saying this for since we've seen it. Is this what you tweeted? Yes. Where okay. Halloran walks, Halloran comes to the Overlook Hotel, and he gets out of this like snowmobile thing and he just looks at the hotel and goes hello you old bitch and just like the the way he delivers it and like him saying it to the hotel is beautiful we've been saying hello you old bitch to like a bunch of inanimate objects around the house for a while and it never is not funny to me you know like you just pick up your spoon you're like hello you old bitch and then just like (laughs) sorry I yeah. find it wonderful. It's very, it makes me really happy. Hey man, life is hard enough. If you if you find joy in hello you old bitch, like go with it, run with it. Yeah, it's hello ya old bitch. That's ya old is. bitch. Yeah, like okay. next time you like see something you don't like, or like like when you're taking the trash can in, just like go, walk up to the trash can and be like hello you old bitch, and just like grab the trash can. It'll it'll make it more fun. I promise. I, Try it. Yeah, there are certain things I do like that, and I can't think of any at the moment. But it's just like there's certain things I just say a lot, and I I don't you know it's just things that like are throwaway lines and something or whatever. It's just like oh no, this is this is food all part over of the place. I, yeah, it's something I say literally every day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, try it. It's a fun one. Jake says, about It, I listened to it earlier this year and thought it was really good and interesting. I've been meaning to listen to The Shining, but haven't gotten around to it yet. You should. It was good. It was fun. And the reader was good. I mean, whoever was the, was, I, I guess that there's only one voice of it, if there's an audiobook. So, like, whoever the voice of it was in ours is good. So Was it Jack Nicholson? No, it's not Jack Nicholson. It's like Craig's, like, I was going to say Craig Adams, but he was like the former GM of the Penguins. It's a name that sounds like Craig Adams, I guess. Okay. Greg Adams? Is it? 
I don't know. Are you looking it up, or are you just throwing no, just, nonsense? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste one of my monthly Google searches on that. We only get twelve <laughs> of them. You remember? Okay. Since the great Google crackdown of 2020. <laughs> exactly. They're like, we we want to make a lot less money, so we're gonna limit the number of Google searches you can have. If, if you don't share this on Facebook, you have to pay for your Google search. <laughs> Jake says with genius how they have all the lyrics to most songs and have the meaning behind it, and as Joe said, how they got the artist to explain their lyrics. They also have another segment called Deconstructed. They take mm. popular songs, mainly new hip-hop songs, get the producer in to explain how they made the beat and how they worked with the artist to make the song. Very they've de- cool. They've deconstructed Day and Night by Kid Cudi along with several others. That's cool. If you like that, there's a podcast called... Song Exploder? Song Exploder that I told yeah. you about. There's like a guy that's a... I guess he's a producer, but he like breaks down like how a song was made and like the different pieces of it. If you like something like this, it's not the producer of the song. He breaks down like a lot of great songs. So pick one, pick a song that you really like that he covered because he covers like a bunch of different genres and stuff and um, listen to one of those. It's Song Exploder is cool. It's actually like one of the only podcasts I've ever listened to that I'm not That on. you're not on. Exactly. Jake says, anyway, hope you guys take care. Till next time, Jake. Well, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake, for writing in, buddy. Good to hear from you. And our last email from Wes Hampton, subject line, freebie and the bean. What up, fam? What up, Wes? How are you doing, bud? Right off the bat, I have to admit, I'd never heard of this movie. And for some reason, before we started talking about it, I got a confused with the peanut butter formula movie one of you mentioned the episode before, which is the mm. peanut butter solution, yeah. which is wonderful. You should watch it on Amazon Prime. I mean, it's not wonderful, but it's wonderful. So I was thinking, okay, Okay, this will be weird, but whatever. Maybe there's some car stuff in it. I think it was just the name. It sounds like a Disney Channel movie. Well, shout out to Nicole and Marinus with their uh, Cooler Than Homework podcast. We're talking through the Disney Channel original movies. Maybe they're going to get to Freebie and the Bean. (laughs) They won't. Anyway, here's some things. Okay. On the topic of Hamilton and Genius, I use Genius. I only use Genius for lyrics. I haven't looked at the annotations for Hamilton. But I love that artists get on there and annotate their own stuff. Same. Mrs. West has a Hamilton book that has the lyrics, script notes, etc. All sorts of all that cool, cool stuff. It's neat because you can just enjoy it as a musical, but he put a lot of thought into emulating styles and referencing specific rappers or musicals that the characters and themes. It's also interesting what he wanted to include but couldn't get the rights for. Ooh, that would be interesting to me. I would like yeah. that. But you you can definitely tell, I don't know, can you tell that he like, well, I, he's I stealing a lot like, of rapper's flow, essentially. Yeah, there's like, he's like, this is the Busta Rhymes guy. This is the ludicrous guy or whatever, Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. On the topic of annoying significant others, we just had a conversation with Mrs. West's brother about this. My favorite thing to do so when Mrs. West gets the hiccups, which happens pretty often, oh. I'll fake hiccup immediately after her every single time. God damn it, I already, that drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm not even involved. I need to try this. But I do it casually like I don't even... Yeah, because Rachel gets the hiccups a lot, right? She does. And she, and Rachel gets Rachel gets mad at herself when she has the hiccups, and my mom would get mad at us when we had the hiccups. Like, like when we when I was a kid, if I got the hiccups, my mom would be like, God damn it, stop! And you're like, it's the hiccup. Like, what am I supposed to do here? It's a reflex. <laughs> yeah, my mom would be like, oh! And, like, storm out of the room, and you're like, what, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not continuing this on purpose for you. Like, yeah. Okay, this sounds like a lot of fun, though. Continue, please. But I do it casually. Like, I don't even notice it's happening, even if it's mid-sentence or something. She hates it, but also can't stop laughing which makes it worse oh god her favorite thing is whenever i'm reading which is generally at night she'll pick a random spot in the middle of a page and start reading it out loud it's incredibly annoying and for some reason i can't ignore it i hate it so much is she reading your book or her yeah book? like i think that's like the when you're trying to count numbers other people say other numbers and i feel like collectively we've gotten better at that but it feels like <laughs> if i'm reading an email it'd be like you just start reading an email in the middle of the other and just be like <laughs> 
you can't block it out, right? Like, because no. you'd be like trying to see the words and all you can hear is that. Yeah, I agree. Oh man, that would drive me bananas. I hate that. There's so many times like I'll be like counting or like thinking of something and I'll be like, you just need to shut up. Dead silence out of you right now. Speaking of the 4th of July movies and specifically Jaws, while you were in Austin, did you ever go to Jaws on the water, Joey? I did. I thought I maybe talked about that, but maybe I didn't. I, did. I went to see one of them. It was the summer, I guess it might have been summer 15, because it was the year that the shallow, shallow, wait. What's the song and what's the movie? The Shallows is the movie. Shallow is the song. Yeah. It was the year The Shallows came out because they were also showing that, which were like, we, my sister and I both really like that movie. My sister loves Blake Lively, but I was just like, I'm not, like, if we have a choice between the two, go we'll see, see Jaws in the water, yeah. which is very cool. You get, like, the inner tube, you, like, sit in the inner tube in water. They have people, like, swimming underneath, like, in scuba suits and, like, I think, like, brushing feet, like, to simulate sharks. Oh. There's, like, food and there's, like, swag and there's merchandise and whatever. I want to know what Quentin Tarantino motherfucker takes the job of, like, scuba suit feet rubber underneath the water uh probably tarantino himself <laughs> I, I know there's like a there's a whole foot fetish sub forum that's like they're doing jaws on the water they're all disappointed because like covid canceled fourth of july like our annual retreat <laughs> no <laughs> sorry i'm in a really good mood like in a silly mood talking to you today so it's good it's good it's good it's better than me being grumpy right so yeah. there you go draft house usually does it for about a month around the fourth they've done it in a few different places but the last few years has been at volente beach which is a little ski a little commercial beach spot on lake travis okay i don't know if it was there or not also he said the last few years and i went five years ago so i don't know i don't know it's not really five years ago jesus christ okay we've been a couple times because we have friends who usually host and they guest list us but the only times we went was at texas ski ranch essentially a little man-made pond oh yeah i went to one of those that's okay there you go it was still fun though they set up an outdoor screen and everyone gets an inflatable tube we watch the movie in the water yep there's usually games and food trucks and fireworks oh yeah when they blow up the shark at the end fireworks come out from behind the screen and it's awesome that's very cool very it's cool. a lot of fun, but obviously it didn't happen this year, RIP. Nothing happened this year, so it's not like... Okay, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on this, but since it came up recently and still not clear... Oh boy, here's Sean's dad. Okay. I think he's perfectly aware of what day it is and what the time difference is. I think yes. Sean, his dad, and his mom, all of the times right, but I think the problem comes from Sean's dad assuming Sean's mom wouldn't take the time change into account. So uh. in that case, he thought she meant the 7th in America which would be the 8th in Japan, which would be the next night. So he knew what day it was. He just thought his ex was an idiot. He didn't think to confirm. That seems like the most likely explanation. So that's basically... That's true, but in that case... That's kind of on my side, but like that means that you and the dad, if this is right, if this is right, there's no way to know, but if this is right, that means you and the dad both underestimate the mom. That's fine, but that doesn't take into account the fact of why he would have a hooker the night after like he was like oh she didn't take it into account like why would he have a hooker that night that he like missed the flight you know what i mean like that's still a shitty choice i do think the dad knew the right time and i do think that that's a good explanation that he just thought the mom was an idiot and was like she probably didn't factor in the time and he refactored in the time but he still i still has think that, in, that in terms of the hooker like at some point you know you're you go to the airport your son doesn't show up you're like well shit and like maybe you send some emails maybe you make some calls send some texts whatever they don't get responded to because like sean's a fuck up his mom's a fuck up at some point you got to go back to living your own life and if like it would be like two, two days later, if not Tuesday like, night is hooker night, you know you can't not do that. Maybe he's got a standing reservation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has like a punch card. It's yeah. Like, yeah, 
Hey, it was it was the get one free. It was the last sandwich. Yeah, and that <laughs> way you don't get to, you don't get the schedule. You have to do it when they're available. So yeah, oh, exactly. We had blackout dates abound. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get away? That's it for this week. I can't wait to hear what horrors Yaml will bring us this week. Well, that episode's already out, so I hope you enjoy that. Until next time, stay furious. Also, there weren't any horrors. It was a very tame episode of other than like very heavy PDA in front of Mia and Brian. But and yeah, Mia not... being like, "Have you had sex yet?" <laughs> Just like yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> I love how much it's it's a 14-year-old's brain that wrote this. Is that's yeah. like I think my favorite part of YAML because like these are like things that like as an adult I couldn't even consider these happening. But like at 14 you're like is Dom going to let me have a job yet and me is really concerned at if the they food had sex shack. yet. At Food Shack, not the Food at Shack. At Food Shack. At Food at Shack. Food shack. Yeah, so that's why that that always makes me really happy whenever we read YAML because it'll be like, you know, like heavy penetration and then be like, Mia, did you guys have sex yet? And you're like, whoa, you're definitely 14. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, send in a note, just say hi. I know there's people out there listening. Like, I see the download numbers. Not everybody who listens writes in. Even if you don't want to be read on the air, just let us know that you're listening. I just like hearing Please, that yes. people find the show, discover the show, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to read it. And are you, and you can write, whatever name or say don't say my name or don't yep. write a name whatever you want yep. man all right joe on the streets news about the past and furious there was a pretty big thing that we did not post because i it's a rumor and i'm still sort of hesitant on rumors but what there was that brouhaha sort of relative that ludicrous hinted that f9 might be taking off into space yes it's it's like the, i think the headline is more misleading so the quote is says, when speaking with this guy who offered ideas on how the blockbuster series could keep topping itself, Ludacris hinted her idea to taking Fast and Furious to space might, it might not be far off. Luda says, quote, I will say that you are very intuitive because you said something right, but I'm not going to give it away. Yeah, and she could have been like, okay, we also like have Dom and Brian's son and they go to space. Like they could, She could have pitched like the whole Star Wars theory, you know, that we had on that episode. And he would have been like, oh, you got something right. We don't know the background of the rest of this interview, right? Uh, I can I can look up the other. No, I mean like it's just like they're trying to draw conclusions. This she tried to get him to elaborate, but the rapper and actor played it off. I don't know. Quote: I don't know. I don't know what you said. Ludacris teased. So he maybe you know. I'm still a skeptic, but I want them to go to space. So so I was talking to Wes about this, right? And again, because Wes is anti-space, and he's like, you know, I just think that it'd be like a joke, like it'd be a parody. It doesn't feel real. And I'm like, look, they can go to space. That does not mean that cars are in space. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that Cypher has a spaceship, or at least access to a spaceship, right? Cause, like, or they, like, hack a space station or something, right? Yeah, like, and, like, I think that, you know, again, we were talking about, you, you asked X number of episodes ago, who knows when, you know, what musician would you want to have in there? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I realized, oh, it'd be Grimes, because then you could bring in Elon. Elon's been in, like, a handful of movies. Like, he's been in, like, 10 or 12 things as Elon Musk, right? Yeah. Like, he's in Rick and Morty. He's in Iron Man. He's in, like, The Simpsons. Like, having him in one of these be like, you know, Dom, I, I, you know, I owe you one from that time, that blah, 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 blah. It makes him seem I cooler. I owe you a 10-second rocket. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's it getting there is not the hard part. It's just a matter of doing it right and making it believable. So Yes, because you're right. There's a difference between, like, them doing something in space and them like racing chargers on the moon that's a huge disconnect right and i think that's what you're alluding to right here is that like like they can make it like very cartoony or like they could have to go to space as like some part of the plot story for like a second and that's a different thing yeah like some of them go to the space that's not everybody goes to space yeah they don't maybe people die in space i don't know oh that would be nice any other news anything that you found any other 
news no. or rumors or quotes or anything like that. Other than our um our news today that you told me too, which was uh our man Kanye is out of the presidential race. So. Yes, he dropped out. <laughs> he is no longer running, which again, That was a good run. He ran a good campaign. Eleven days, man. Like as long as, as Kim Kardashian's marriage was, is as long as he was a presidential candidate for. Well you know like Ch- in the meantime Chance like endorsed him and we're like, fuck come on. Like that it felt like it was gaining momentum and he's just like, No, I'm not doing it. It's like Cool. It makes me feel even better that Kanye has the same Gemini nature traits that I do, which is like, this is a great idea for 11 days, and then be like, that takes a lot of work. I'm gone. Like, I'm <laughs> done with it. That was the most gratifying part of it to me today. All right, Joe, the only thing we have to do before we take a break and talk about the getaway is the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 74. It has to, there's no other name to no other name. Junior. Too no soon, name. Junior. Jesse going? Just raised Chan for slips. Oh, shit. So in this minute, Craig Lieberman signals the start of the race between Jesse and Johnny Tran. The cars are neck and neck. Jesse hits his Nas, takes an early lead. Johnny Tran hits his Nas, wins the race. Jesse drives off in a panic. Leon then races over to Dom to fill him in on what happened. So I did a little bit of math, and I think that there's a couple different scenes like this that maybe we could also compare but we were talking, we always talk about how the world's longest runway in six is like, it has to be like 40 miles long or whatever. Like it's an, it's an impossible length of a runway, right? Yes. A lot of what we're seeing isn't all happening at the same time, or is it is happening at the same time. It's we're not seeing like different views. in real time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so this quarter mile race, which I'm assuming is a quarter mile race, yeah. takes 25 seconds on screen, right? So it's about half this minute. It's 25 seconds. And you know that they always talk about 10 second cars. Right. So that's our baseline. Plus, yep. they're each hitting a boost of Nas. So I don't know that a 10-second car factors in Nas. So I'm saying, say it's a little bit less than 10 seconds. Right? I think say it like does. I think it does seconds. factor in Nas. Like, oh, it does? Say, like, your fastest time, like, you want a 10-second car. Okay. He doesn't say to, like, Brian, like, you need a 12-second car, but, like, 10 with Nas. Like, I think that that's, like, your fastest, fastest time. So I think it does okay. factor in the Nas. Okay. So then by that logic at least in this scene, the car stunts are about two and a half to three times longer than they quote-unquote should be. Which yes. means that, like, the world's longest runway could be only, like, a third or 40% as long. I mean, it's still, like, if it's a 40-mile runway, having a 13-mile runway does not make it better. I mean, it makes it better, but it doesn't make it realistic, right? But, no, like, yeah. But there's also, like, you know, at the end of The Fast and the Furious, which I will say, because again, it makes kind of sense to talk about here, there's a real divide in my brain between the parts, like the movie that I have basically memorized, and then the movie that like I just, I just know. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, like, I don't really, like, I know the back half hour. But oh, I you mean like when half- we stop doing minutes of it? Yes. Like, you hit a point and you're just like, oh yeah, I stopped doing minutes of it, and then there's like, it's like, oh, this is, this feels new. Like, it's not new, but it feels it's definitely new, not. because, yes. I can feel that too. And I've seen the movie itself 
a ton of times and now doing the minutes once we got to the part where like johnny tran and jesse lined up i was like this is where we stopped like that was exactly it my brain knew like i couldn't have told you that before right i was watching the movie but when we got there i was like yep i stopped here like my brain already knew that like that's a part that i haven't seen five thousand times and like the next scene when brian goes into the trailer looking for me i was like it was like my brain was like i've never seen this before in my life it's like no you have it's just like it's you haven't seen it 12 times in a row like exactly. a week ago at the end right the race to the train tracks like it's a quarter mile they make a big deal of it but like that's got to be like a full minute right like that's again yeah, yeah. crazy yeah we'll get there we'll figure it yeah, out so i'm just just doing a little bit of math but it's also on the in slow-mo now. too so don't forget that there's a lot of slow-mo happening in that true, one. true 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 i also noticed and this is, this would be a kind of a bullshit trivia question but i think it's relatively fair did you notice i don't know if you see in the notes but did you notice the color of the finish line no i have no idea yellow maybe it's neon green it might be yellow depending on the tint but like it's green or yellow so okay so it's like neon spray paint that kind of makes sense though um and i wrote down you know who's under the tent we see now for the first time at racehorse we see vince we see letty after her race but yeah, there's not a ton going on because half this is the race itself. Are you sure it's a Gatorade cooler? Does it say Gatorade on the cooler? It's not a no, Coleman but it's a Gatorade cooler. coloring. Like I've seen a lot of coolers like that that are that's the Gatorade. It's a Gatorade esque cooler. The orange and white. Yes. Motif. It's but it's it, but it's not a round one, right? Well, there's there's two different ones. There's like the orange one, like because I, I mean, growing up playing little league baseball, I saw all sorts of Gatorade coolers, and like there's the green round one that everybody knows, and there's also that orange one, is I think a pretty popular. Gatorade branded because like there's also a Gatorade in front of Dom on the ground like a blue Gatorade yeah makes sense it doesn't I mean, it doesn't matter but I think I would guess it's but I wrote down because there's like that red and white cooler and that's like definitely like the Coleman yeah like, yeah igloo like I don't know what the name of that orange is but like if you're like that's Gatorade orange I'd be like yeah that makes sense yeah like you know I, my brain would know what it was yep what did you notice in this minute I mean there's some more car details but anything really of note that you picked out that was new I went for car stuff in Jesse's car you know that this is the famous Jesse's car doesn't have brake calipers minute so if you want to learn more about that Craig Lieberman did a whole video just on why does Jesse's car not have brake calipers when it lines up but they they had rims over the brake calipers and all this. Find that on YouTube. It's a pretty cool thing. I got Johnny Tran and Jesse's license plate. By the way, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you just reminded me that this week, Craig Lieberman just posted on YouTube a video about Hans RX-7. So if you want to see that, that's on YouTube. Oh, now. cool. No, and then I got like more of the stickers on Jesse's car because we finally see those. There was a thing called Modern Image, which is okay. like a paint company or something in San Diego. So I linked in there and that was mainly it. I mean, this is like a super famous minute, so. So for the trivia question, I have two different options. I have the one with the finish line, but like, again, if you think it, it, it could be yellow, just depending on like the tint of the Blu-ray or whatever. No, I was like, guessing, I, I was guessing in my head. I, I didn't okay. even look at it. So like, if, if you say it's green, I believe that it's green. Let me go check it out real quick. But I do think that a decent trivia question, because he wears it most of the movie, and we could just have it just to ask here, is what jersey number or what number is on a generic jersey that Leon wears? I like is- that a lot. Because we could do like, and we could do like four similar looking numbers. We could do like zero, six, eight, and nine. I love it. It's very gettable because like he's wearing it for like probably five minutes on screen, right? Like it seems like that's kind of his main costume. Yeah, yeah, for the main whole, outfit, all of racehorse. Yeah, that's a wow. That's a good question. I really like that. I wonder if your friends are gonna get that right. I don't know. I'll ask them now. Anything else about Too Soon Junior before we? Uh... So we're actually going to say I will tease that next. Go ahead. Episode, I know this is what I was gonna say too. We are not too. doing a minute. We are going to instead. So again, I, th- <laughs> I think at the end of this episode, we say what we're changing for next lap, but we're changing that now. So next lap, we were originally gonna do all deleted scenes, 
all special features and the director's commentary. And then we're like, that's too much stuff. We're only going to do the director's commentary and deleted scenes. And then when we we sat down, I watched the deleted scenes and I was like, holy shit, these are incredible. I kind of just want to talk about this. And so you had sort of scaled me down from doing everything to just the two. And I was like, we had to scale down further and just do deleted scenes. You're like, cool. That's fine by me. Even better. I like spreading it out. So my take is always like, I want to give everything that we do a lot of attention. It's much easier for me to give like the deleted scenes like a ton of attention as opposed to like try to split my attention across many things. And we have infinity. So it's not like we're going to like miss something. We could just add it to another lap. So that's my take on it. We can, like I was saying to you, like we can do the deleted scenes again. Again, but I don't know that when I don't know when we would like there's not like a reason like when we're doing like when we're showing somebody all the movies the first time there's a reason to redo the turbocharged prelude there's a reason to redo Los Bondoleros right like there's yep. a reason to go back to those these I don't know I mean we can we created you created on your account I'm gonna put it on the too fast too forever account a YouTube playlist of all of the deleted scenes there's like eight on the disc and then I think there's three more on YouTube so there might be more if you find other ones let us know if there's more than nine deleted scenes from 11 this movie, there's 11 yeah if there's more than 11 deleted scenes from this movie like what the fuck so right so what we're doing for the nine episodes assuming that there are deleted scenes for each all nine movies or I would assume there are instead of doing a fast and furious minute that episode we're gonna spend that 10 15 20 minutes whatever talking about the deleted scenes. Yeah. When Nico and Kevo talk about these movies, like they can see the deleted scenes, but they're not going to have the same kind of like, they'll see these and just be like, oh yeah, that was interesting. But like to us, like we're seeing more, like I'm going to tease some stuff. We know about like Vince's mom. We know about like Jesse's mom, like Brian's. Like, Johnny ever, Tran like, in this scene after this too. Right. Like the Brian huge. and Mia, like Mia stuff. Like there's all sorts of crazy character development. Like I understand because there's also on the Blu-ray, there's director's commentary by Rob Cohen basically talking about the scene a little bit and then just saying like here's why we cut it so like what he says about each of these why they cut it makes absolute sense that said what we're looking for just like actual canon like what these characters are Content. Who these characters are yeah man it's like an extra 10 percent of the movie which is great it's wonderful yeah and w- like i said we should definitely share the playlist right because it's on yes YouTube. we definitely are yeah yeah cool. so on tuesday our next episode we are going to do instead of the fast and furious minute we're going to wait another minute for the dom and johnny fight we are going to do the fast and furious well there's a there's a deleted scene extended version or an alternate cut of that but we're going to do those deleted scenes next episode so if you have not seen them yet it's like nine or ten minutes like there's not a lot but like it's great like it's so actually no i don't want to say there's not a lot it's not a lot of time but there's a lot here so check out our youtube yeah. page at youtube.com slash too fast too forever we'll also tweet out the link check it out because it is there's so much good stuff it's joe and i kind of blue balled awesome. ourselves because we can't really talk about it today we're gonna have to wait till tuesday to talk about it so like it's yeah it's actually good though it gives me like i already watched them a few times i'm gonna watch them a few more before tuesday too because like there was a lot for me to latch on to there it's so, so good. There's like uh, each one almost. I was like, holy, like every single one of them. I was like, oh my god. Like there's a couple that are like, all right. Whatever. There's like the Jesse. Like I woke up late. I woke up all morning. Yeah, that's like, that's the go worst pee. one. We're just like, I got, yeah, okay, I got a cool. disc. Yeah, it's just like okay, cool. Because even Rob Cohen's like, yeah, like we don't need this. He's just like we just yeah, we don't we don't need this scene. But yeah, so too fa- YouTube.com/slash too fast too forever. We're gonna go. We're gonna dive deep on Tuesday in the intro to our next episode. But Joe, let us take a break before we get to lap seven. Let's finish out lap six in style. Mm. And let's talk about The Getaway from 1972 with Bullet, Steve McQueen. Bullet.
episode number 109, The Getaway with Steve McQueen. This episode is brought to you by Mercury, the cure for spring fever. Try a delightful tonic, a new Mercury. Sample the room, economy, and pep that made Mercury famous, now available in the popular price range. Well, shout out Mercury. I do like, you just mentioned him before we started recording, Brian, High School Slumber Party Rodriguez. Yes. But when, when I recorded recently with him and Kate Hudson, past guest of the show, I was like, Kate and Joe are very much like the same person. <laughs> and the way that you said this is the getaway with Steve McQueen reminds me of how she says, oh, the movie Fear with Marky Mark. Like, she doesn't call it Fear. <laughs> she calls it Fear with Marky Mark. And so, you know, you just saying, it's a, di- it's a different thing, but not really, not altogether too different. So again, you and Kate Hudson, I've never seen you two in the same room at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> I know. If you could relate me to anyone, Kate Hudson's a great person to relate me to because she cracks me up and I hope that I can be half as funny as she is to me. Also, this movie, like, if, if you say The Getaway, it feels like you need to throw the with Steve McQueen at the end of it. So what I will say here is that we have, there's basically, I think, I mean, there's, there's more than this, but for our purposes, there are basically three big Steve McQueen movies. There's two that we covered this lap and there's one third one. There's Bullet, yeah. there's this, and there's The Great Escape. Yeah. None of them really fit in this lap, but they the two that we did also kind of do like bullet has the great car chase the bullet's more of a cop movie yeah this has a a bunch it's more of a road movie but this is more like a heist movie so like at some point in the future we'll do a heist lap yeah and then there's the great escape which also is kind of how this movie opens where it's a prison movie right and so he's in prison again they all float around but i figured for the final film and the kicking it old school lap again not really knowing what to expect fucking nailed it better to go than to the bullet to the steve mcqueen to the Paul Walker before Paul Walker in The Getaway. You nailed it. We'll get into the Fast Nections and stuff, but holy fuck, this was a great movie to finish on. I like this movie, but I think you like this a lot more than I do. I, I did love, not love this movie. movie. Probably a sleeper pick for one of my favorites this lap. Really? No, I wouldn't have it anywhere near the top. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I was just like, this is good. No, I, I really enjoyed it. It's like, I don't know. It like scratched a, it was like a good movie at a good time for me right now and I really like this one. I haven't seen all the Steve McQueen movies, right? I'm not like a Steve McQueen fan. My I was talking to my dad about this and I was like, "Oh, we're going to watch The Getaway with Steve McQueen." And my dad's a little bit younger. He never watched like any of the 70s car movies. Like he started like in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, do you like Steve McQueen or whatever?" And he's like, ah, "I don't really know. Like I never seen a lot of his movies, so like he never gave these to me." Like granted, we watched Smokey and the Band and like Midnight Run and stuff like that but we never watched like these kind of older ones like it was a generation that he kind of missed damn for another Steve McQueen experience I was like holy fuck I love this movie so if you have not seen this movie and it's not available to stream anywhere for free unfortunately but Steve McQueen starts out in prison yep and he gets denied bail yes denied parole yeah his wife comes in played by Ali McGraw and he says do whatever it takes to get me out of here and so she makes this deal how much does Ali McGraw look like Mia I was thinking that yeah whole mm-hmm. movie she looks just like oh. jordana brewster so this is probably a good time to say this so barry foster suggested ali mcgraw then ro- married to robert evans who was a producer on the godfather for the film okay evans arranged a meeting with her foster steve mcqueen and sam peckinpah who is the director of this okay according to foster she was scared of mcqueen and peckinpah because they had reputations as quote wild two-fisted beer guzzlers yeah mcqueen and mcgraw experienced a strong instant attraction she said quote he was recently separated and free and i was scared of my overwhelming attraction to him wow mcqueen and mcgraw began an affair during production Yo. she would eventually leave her husband evans become mcqueen's second wife foster was worried their relationship would have a negative impact 
by causing a potential scandal. I, I guess when you're acting across from Steve McQueen, how do you not fall in love with him? I don't know. I mean, we, Dude, we've seen, you so mentioned before, Smoking the Bandit, cool. that we had Sally Field and Burt Reynolds acting across from each other in a handful of movies and them dating. Like, you know, it's it's not that common, but it's also not altogether uncommon. Like, Steve McQueen was, was getting me steamy in this movie. Like, he just exudes such cool man, it's, like, hard to not see it, right? Like, I can understand for sure. He does punch a lot of women in the face in this movie, though. He, he slaps a woman for, yeah. Well, he slaps her, that, which apparently was improvised, and then he punches the woman at the end in the hotel. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. He's slapping her in that scene because he just found out, which actually fits back into the plot summary, that she had to sleep with this guy yes. to get him out of prison. Yes. And so part of the deal is that they sleep together and that they set up for this bank heist yeah. where two of this guy's goons or whatever are with Steve McQueen and his wife. I, I guess I should have known from a movie called The Getaway that there was not going to be a lot of build-up to the heist and the heist itself was not going to be super yeah. long. Because like 45 minutes into a two-hour movie, the heist is done and then the getaway, the titular getaway begins. Yes. But at the heist in the bank, things go awry. One of the one of the hired help, the goons, kills the guard because the guard reaches for his gun. The other goon kills him, and then he's going to betray, he's going to shoot and kill Steve McQueen, too. We also found out that Carol was supposed to kill Steve McQueen as well, yes. but she couldn't, so she kills the guy that she slept with. Mm-hmm. And then basically, it's like, a, it's like a train, like a car crash in slow motion, where one thing after another keeps going wrong, and nothing ever seems like wildly too much of them to handle, but it's like every step of the way, things go wrong and problem. problem solving. Yeah. And somehow, I cannot believe the most surprising thing of all is at the very end, they get away with the money. Yeah. With like 10 minutes left, I wrote down that I was like, this movie is setting it up that like, you know, because they have like six guys in cowboy hats, like sort of the, you know, the posse that came from the guy that they killed. Yeah. They're there at the hotel at the end, like this, you know, criminal's hideout whatever in El Paso every time that like they they do something like they pretty effortlessly kill defend them the def- defend themselves and I'm like the movie is setting it up that like they're gonna get away but I'm like there's no there's no <laughs> way they can get away like I was expecting you know a Dirty Mary Crazy Larry or like a Vanishing Point or like a yeah. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid and then no like they just drive they find a guy they he drives them into Mexico they bribe him to get his truck and they leave and like that's a happy ending I was like wait what it's kind of badass yeah I, I didn't expect them to get away but like you were saying like all the points along the way none of them seemed like unrealistic for them to get out of maybe like all the guys in the hotel near the end is like a little much but like steve mcqueen does have a shotgun is way smarter than these people right so and he has the high ground too and he has the high ground yeah so that's what i mean so like i can believe it like there was none that i was like oh he would never get out of that you know what i mean like it was all like oh yeah i could see it happening i think movies in general have one of two tropes either they have like these like unkillable like unmissable assassins who come into yes. kind of things or they have like it just feels like there's one of two extremes but it feels like in most situations people like this like you know they're probably like better than the average person at like shooting and killing and they have like no you know hesitation to kill or whatever yep. but they're yep. probably not necessarily great marksmen and so it's it's not altogether unbelievable it just feels like everything kind of has to break right for them which it does you know after everything goes wrong it kind of does goes right at the end and that's like the great point of what you're saying like how many movies do we see that like every shot is like a one-shot kill right and like yep. in this one we see steve mcqueen like shoot at his head and like miss twice 
that's yeah. pretty mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. Like I've never yeah. seen that in a movie before. So I was like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. So let's get into the fast connections. What did you notice aside from the obvious Paul Walker, or, you know, Brian and Mia at the core of this movie? What did you see here tying into oh. the, either the Fastiverse or other movies that we've covered this lab? We start off, he gets out of jail, and then he wants to go <laughs> for a walk okay so they just like go to this park where like everybody else has bathing suits on and he just like jumps in the water in his suit yep and at that point i was like oh this really reminds me of like the the jump off the cliff in four because they're like in the water in clothes oh in five and five five, in five. five. yeah yeah sorry in yeah. five so i was like oh like that's a little interesting it's like it's a little weird and like that's maybe you know a stretch but i was like it just reminded me of it because like you see like dom floating there with like his like shirt on and brian shitty call o'connor yeah exactly that's what i'm saying so like when i was like watching this i was like oh yeah that does remind me of that a little bit like i don't think that they poached this and i don't think the scenes are the same but like i was like oh that reminds me of that then steve mcqueen totally steals my heart after this okay he comes back and she's like what do you want for dinner this isn't a fast next Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just yep. goes, whiskey. And I was like, Rachel, I'm never related to another man more than I have right now. That totally sums up how I feel most days. And she brings him a glass and three bottles of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, like, take your pick, brother. And it's just like a shot glass or like a shooter glass and like wild turkey and like some other whiskeys. I think there's like scotch there too. And I was like, woof. That's awesome. There was, it's not a fast connection, but it's something that we compare, a franchise that we compare to this sometimes, but uh, in the reverse, in the inverse, when Mike and I covered it for Cruise Club, that we compare that franchise to this a lot. Okay. But in the Mission Impossible movies, in Mission Impossible 3, there is a part where a car parks over a manhole, and they mm. go through the manhole, and here, that's what they do here as well. Like, they also have the, the truck job. with the, like, hatch in the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also Italian job. The new Italian job, not the original Italian job. There was an original Italian job reference, or not a reference, but a similarity kind of, in a broader scope, in a lot of these kind of movies. And I don't okay. know, when I, I want your opinion, I don't rem- or your memory or whatever, because okay. I don't remember this happening, but it might have. In a lot of movies like this, where there's criminals who need medical attention, they go to a veterinarian, right? Because they're just like, they yeah, have medical training, but they're going to keep it off the books. Yeah. Has that happened in any of the movies, either, either we've covered this lap? Because like, you know, in Breaking <sighs> bad and you know better call saw there's been like there's that guy he's a comedian i don't remember the guy who played robbie on new girl he was like the veterinarian who like would help mike the cleaner like tend to his wounds right when things broke bad no pun intended but like have we seen veterinarians this lap specifically or no because i feel like we might have but i can't rem- i can't place where oh i feel like we have two and i also don't remember i feel like it happens in all movies all the time not all the time but like yeah. a lot anytime that there's like a criminal ring and like someone gets like injured it's always like oh call the vet yes yeah yeah. There's always like a crooked vet or whatever. But what I what I loved, which was just adorable, but it reminded me of the Italian job, is that like while Rudy, who is the guy who double crossed his partner and was going to double cross Steve McQueen, yeah, while he's like basically strong strong arming this vet to tending to his wounds, he's just got like this tiny little black kitten on his chest. Yes. <laughs> and I was thinking about how in the Italian job, remember they're trying to get that big fat the guy who like loves big women. Yes. And they're just sitting there like having tea with his mother, and they just have kittens on their lap. And I'm like, oh. It's just like uh, not a That's connection true. that I ever thought we would see again, but it's kind of a weird sort of fast connection ish that just like tiny little kittens where you wouldn't expect them <laughs> yeah that's good i didn't notice that one i mean i didn't make the connection i when he saw right. when he was holding the cat i was like did they give him a cat for like comfort you know how like you see like some of these movies they're like okay like we're gonna stitch you up like bite this 
cork yeah. or something, right? And it's like, no, they just gave him a cat instead. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if it's him or her or them, but like they like the cat because they bring the cat with them when they go like trying to hunt after Steve McQueen. Like they have the cat like in the hotel rooms. Like they go from yeah. place to place with the cat or with multiple cats. I'm like, all right. Yeah, fair. Interesting choice, but cool. I like it. Okay, so you brought something else up, and I had a connection. You brought up a connection to two movies that we watched. I had another connection to a movie Mm -hmm. that we didn't cover this lap, but we did watch this lap. After he says, like, he wants whiskey for dinner, and they have, like, swampy creep (laughs) creek sex that, like, nobody took a shower, you had to smell really gross, right? Like, you can't imagine that water smells okay. He wakes up the next morning, and he's in the kitchen, and he's, like, making scrambled eggs with just, like, a fork and a nonstick pan. As somebody who cooks a lot, that really was driving me nuts. And then he's like, oh, let's add some ketchup to it, and just, like, squirts the ketchup into the scrambled eggs and then there's like all the smoke coming from the stove and stuff like that and i was thinking you know what this really reminds me of is when kip rains tries to make breakfast for memphis remember in gone in 60 seconds like when he like comes back and he starts the fire with like the home guys and i was like oh that's really funny like I mean, how many breakfast cooking scenes do we get in car movies? It's not like there's a ton, right? No, probably not. I do. I mean, it's, it's it feels like the you're just like used to cooking on a radiator in prison or something. <laughs> yeah, like, how do I make this? Like, I don't remember the finer culinary arts, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like, or maybe people just used to cook like that in the 70s. <laughs> like, I can I, I so. can see that happening too because you've seen these pictures of the recipes that are like hot dog jello salad or whatever, right? You've seen these? Yeah. I also like, you know, it just feels like they have to cook, they, they have to throw out the pan every time they cook a meal because like that, you can't salvage that pan. Like that's just like, no. it's done. Yeah. If you're using a fork, like to make scrambled eggs on a nonstick pan, like you're, you ruined it. It's done. Yep. Completely yep. done. At the heist, there is a direct fast connection, and I don't know, I don't understand why this happens other than, like, I thought what happened was going to set up something else, but when the other guy shoots and kills the guard, he, like, takes his face mask off why? to shoot and kill the guard. Yes. I don't know. I have no idea. Also... I thought that was going to be, like, a, oh, now we have to kill everyone, or now they've seen my face, or yes. whatever. And so I thought, you know, when Rudy kills him, it makes sense, because it's like, oh, they've seen his face. But then Rudy takes his face mask off, too, <laughs> and then I'm just like, wait, what is happening? But it reminded me, in Fast Five, when they go and steal all that money, they're like, do you have any idea who you're stealing from? Like, we're not stealing anything. They take the face masks off, and they yeah. burn all of Reyes's money. It's like, you know who we are now. Come after us, or whatever. And so it's a totally different intent of the scene. This makes no sense in this movie. I don't know why they happen, other than, like, the guy freaks out but i don't know they're also showing you the whole time this is like one thing i really didn't like is like okay so they establish that they like knock the guard out but his gun is right in front of him and like nobody walks over to like kick it away this was like when i went to go see saw with my friends and one of my friends was like what's this guy doing in the middle of the room i'm like i see the gun like i know he's gonna grab it and shoot someone or try to shoot someone like it's right there did you not see this gun like go kick the gun there's one guy with a gun in this bank it's him. Take the gun. Like we know that this is going to happen now. So I mean, they might. They should have probably had one extra body on the job because it feels like he's got to keep an eye on both the guard and all the people. And like he's also like when new people come in, he's like throwing them to the ground. So like, he's doing a lot of work. You know, Steve McQueen's in there getting the money, and there's the other guy kind of just like one guy's doing the money, and then one guy's doing the clock, right? Yes. But it feels like this guy wants to keep track of everything, make sure nobody makes any quick moves or whatever. He's got a lot to do, and I get why he panics, but it just feels like maybe you have one more person because it feels like if you have three 
Why not have four? Less people, the better. But the guy with the clock could have had a gun on the people there, and he could have been, like, doubling him and watching the guard, watching the people. They needed to strategize better, but apparently, like, when we saw them in the hideout getting planned for it, Steve McQueen was the only one who gave a fuck about what was actually going to happen here. They were like, yeah, we'll just rob this bank, and he... Can you explain one thing to me? And I think it was meant as a distraction, but I don't know if I missed something. Why did they blow up that truck full of hay? Was that just to, like, distract people from the getaway? I think that they blew up the truck full of hay to bring the state troopers to there. Yeah, just, like, as a big... Is there a second explosion, too, or is it just one explosion? Because it feels like that happens, and then, like, while they're getting away, it feels like there's another explosion. He said that there was multiple explosions. He said they're rigged to blow 20 seconds apart, and she... Oh, right, right. Right, she yes, lines okay, up to, like, yeah, yeah, one yeah. in the, like, yard and, like, one in the truck. Yeah, so that, I think it was just, like, to make the explosion big and to make sure that everything catches fire. Given that it's only really a team of, like, three and a half, because she's there, but she's, like, her role in this is supposed to be to kill Steve McQueen. Like, that's what she was agreed to do, but she doesn't actually do that. But it feels like she's not really involved, like, as far as he knows, she's not involved in the heist. She's just there to, like, basically drive him there and then be cover for him, because, like, they're looking for three guys and a guy and a woman, like, they're not, the cops are going to let them go or whatever, yeah. right? Yep, yep. It feels like for a job that essentially has three people, there's so much going on, like, the, the plan is so complex that, like, of course things are going to go wrong because, like, there's so much happening. Like, everything has to be so precise, and it feels like there's not a lot of prep. Maybe there is that we just don't see, but it feels like, no. oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, no, they, I no, because they show us the prep, right? He's like, here's the pictures of the thing, like, I want you to study this, and the guy just, like, tosses it to the other guy, and they just kind of, like, leave it or whatever. And then, like, he's like, I don't wear bulletproof vests either, but then obviously he does because Steve McQueen shoots him and he survives, but, like, yeah, it feels like there's a reason why this went poorly because it wasn't meticulously planned enough. You know, in Baby Driver, for instance, where they yes. just watched recently like that's still only a group of like three plus a getaway driver but you see the pre-planning and they know where to go and when to go and all this different stuff 100%. and they have everything kind of lined up to a t and you also have the world's best getaway driver exactly here just like we have three people for a job it should be like six or seven probably and like it just this no. it just happens to be the wife of the guy kind of it needs to be three people but two of them are incompetent is what it is okay maybe that's a bigger thing yeah okay like if you had like three people that had the dedication of steve mcqueen to be like i'm gonna plan and run this perfectly it would have went really smooth but you have like two wild ass cowboys and then like steve mcqueen so you gotta get steve mcqueen you get michael Caine. Yes. You get, like Dom Toretto. There's no job in the world. Three they, alphas. There's no job in the world that those three couldn't pull off. Even if we didn't account for their age and like Steve McQueen being dead. Like <laughs> just those three, they got it. You got a 50-year-old Vin Diesel, an 80-year-old Michael Caine, yep. and a dead Steve McQueen. <laughs> and they could, and they could <laughs> the world is their oyster. <laughs> they could still do a better job than Steve McQueen with these two guys at the, at the <laughs> at the bank in this movie. So once they have the money and they're like on the road, like things continue to go wrong. There's like a guy who runs a grift on the woman, on the wife to like steal the key and then take the money and Mm -hmm. then he gets on a train and there's a kid with like a water pistol but like the gun looks like very real, like wildly real and he shoots Steve McQueen in the face with the water and like things continue to just go slowly wrong but it feels like they're, like I don't know if it's, it's, it's both believable to me but also like they're just kind of adding movie tension like it feels like there could have been stuff maybe more inherently i don't know like it felt kind of like a little bit of a stretch like we just need to keep adding things that going wrong but maybe it worked better for you no it worked good for me because they were all like mild things right it's not like one big chaos after another it's like all mild things that you could see happening like when the guy's like oh i'll help you shut the locker like that guy could just but it seemed like it. he was just running a con at the train station he just happened to luck into 
picking the right bag to steal, right? And, like, the kids running through the car, that was like, okay, like, they're just asshole kids running through a car. Like, that makes sense. So I wasn't, yeah. like, anything that was, like, really bad. There were some things that I did think that, like, I wish there was more explanation for. They're in the car, they're getting away, they're driving, they hear the radio, and they're like, oh, they stole $750,000. She opens the bag, she's like, there's only $500,000 here. And I was like, oh, cool, this is going to be like a big plot point. Something crazy happened. And then they like get to the guy, and he's like, oh, like we already robbed it before you got there. And you're like, what? Right. Like, why? Why didn't you just rob the rest of it? And like, how can you steal $250,000 but not... 750,000. What is it for? And do I get a cut of that? Or like, and then that's just it, right? Because they shoot the guy, it's just over. What was even the point of that? Why did, why did we have to say that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be like intentionally messy. Cause like Walter Hill, who wrote this is like a really well-known writer. Like, I don't know. It must've been, there must've been a reason for it, but I, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's something that you could just like omit. It wouldn't change the movie at all. It would just right. like no, yeah. resolve one question. Like, why did this happen? What's well, also kind of weird to me but maybe it's not maybe it's not actually that weird is that like it feels like the entire area that they're in like this entire county or city or state or however however it's far like this spans yeah everyone the only news at all in the world is this is this bank robbery and it feels like everywhere they go everyone almost immediately recognizes them which is both like believable but also like wait is there literally nothing else going on like they pull in to get burgers the woman takes their order, then, like, even, like, as she brings the food back, she's like, oh, we, I know who these people are. It's just, like, instantly yep. almost. Or they go to get the radio, and he's, like, on the TV there. Yep. Or, like, he goes to get the gun, which, how easy is it to buy a shotgun in 1972, apparently? Oh he's just God. like, I want a shotgun. He's like, you got it. Fill out this form. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> that was terrifying. I agree. I thought the same no thing. No cooldown period. But, like, then, you know, it's just, it just like, everybody is just so tuned into, like, they're oblivious for, like, 45 seconds. They're like, oh, I know who you are. I'm going to call the cops. Which adds to the tension, but it's also, like, that doesn't feel hyper-believable to No, me, it does. It feels like everyone is too tuned into what's going on. I No, I think it does, because at the time there wasn't a thousand TV channels, right? So, like, if this just happened, it would be, like, breaking news pretty much on, like, all three of the TV channels that you had if you're in that area, right? Because it was, like, a a guard got shot, and it was a bank robbery, and these guys are on the run. This is who we think it is. That part is actually believable to me. It just feels like it's the only, like, everybody just happens to have the TV on. Like, it feels... Well, it was on the radio and the TV, you know what I mean? So, and there's not, like, other entertainment, right? Like, Like I'm saying, like, nobody has Netflix, back then so like you can't just like watch whatever you want there's no spotify like if you listen to the radio i guess that's that's my bigger question is that like if they were going to all be watching tv or listening to the radio then yes but it feels like they should be doing other things but no matter where they're going everybody always just has a tv on there for what you know it's just like i don't know maybe it was one of those things for like where things weren't quite like again didn't dislike this movie like this movie mm-hmm. a good amount but like where things weren't quite clicking so i was having an issue but like for you where everything's working really well it's like oh yeah of course that like makes sense it's one of those yeah. not a make or break it either no. way but depends on your experience in the movie up to that point fair enough yeah that's totally fair by me i agree with that but yeah for me i was like oh yeah it would make sense that like we're like at a point where like everybody kind of has like a tv in the diner so they would be watching it and if you're watching it there's not enough channels to not be watching it so like i was like oh yeah that makes sense so like everybody right. would kind of know where they were like if they yeah. had like posters up already i'd be like how the fuck did they print these posters so fast but yeah the only poster stuff or the only like printouts or the actual like wanted stuff is at the police station which makes sense in the bank too the guy was hanging well, them yeah. up at the bank so then as part of the getaway they like they're hiding from the cops and they dive into a Yo. dumpster 
which then Yo. gets dumped into the truck, which is terrifying, which is also kind of Star Wars-y. I thought so, too. But I was also thinking about how, like, in Fast Five, again, like, there's, this movie is not at all like Fast Five, I don't think, but there's a lot of Fast Five connections in that the whole, like, switchover is the Giselle driving the truck, giving a 10-second window of doing the swap there. Like, there's a garbage truck that plays a pretty big role in the family's history. It's but true. again, yeah. this, then them just inside a dumpster that gets dumped in and that gets, like, trash compacted. And so many dumpsters after it, too. It's like yeah. endless dumpsters immediately. I was like, Rachel, is there like 70 dumpsters lined up in a row right here? Because like they just kept dumping dumpsters. But it's good that people are only throwing away like ribbon, it looks like. Like it looks like the cleanest, like softest trash. <laughs> yeah. Like I think there was like some some kind of like, I don't know, like housewares. Like it looked like molding that you'd put around your house. Like one of them looked like it had that. But you're right. For the most part, it was like. Like small swatches of cloth. Like best case scenario, if you're going to hide in a dumpster, it's like this. It's like things that don't smell bad and that like feel comfortable to to lay on and lay under. I remember as a kid, like I would like watch the garbage truck and like the compression of it, just like smashing the trash in, was like yeah. terrifying to me. Like I knew at a very young age that like I would not fare well against this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like I was just like, oh, I'm a small boy. Like I would be dust like this thing is very strong because like you know you pick up like a garbage bag you're like yeah do you like try to squeeze it and you're like yeah and then like you see it go in this thing it just like smashes it and you're like right it also made me realize just how insane the entire idea of trash is because he just like he essentially just drives the truck out to like a desert field and then dumps it in a hole and i'm like oh i guess that that is just what we do that is what we do it's windy and like there's just just stuff blowing around i'm like how have we not like come up with like a better way to do this yet? Because it just feels like we're just gonna bring it out to the middle of nowhere and just dump it in a hole. And there's like, oh, there's half half cars around and stuff like that. It's like, yep. oh, uh, okay, that's exactly what happens. It's just it feels like there's got to be a better way. Like there's an infomercial in there somewhere. Like there's got to <laughs> be a like that's the black and white part. And then like I don't know, man. It just how is that how we do that? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know either. I have no explanation for it. It's the cheapest way, which probably makes the most sense right like yeah that's what it comes down to like i'm sure there's like a better way to do it but it costs more than essentially nothing and people are like fuck that we could just dump it in this big hole right here i only have one more fast connection it's the very 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 end so Uh, is there anything else before we get to the end that you want to bring up something i never thought i would see in a movie a food fight with ribs oh yeah in the car which is gross like it's it's, it's like it's i I thought it was i mean i thought like just throwing bones at people like i think that's kind of gross that's kind of gross but they were throwing like sauced ribs like from the back seat to the front seat in a car i was like this is horrible. How terrible of a wife is the vet's wife that she just like instantly like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna cuck you in front. Like, what the fuck happened there? Well, you know, to the point that the vet then kills himself in the hotel. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool, we're gonna go on. Yeah, it's so strange. Like, he didn't seem like a bad guy. It's not like it was just weird. Like, she like, and this guy, and the guy that she's like with now, Rudy, is like terrible. He's, like, a horrible person, like, by all accounts, right? Like, he's just, like... A... But it seems like she's into that. Yeah! It's so weird. But it was just, like, very, very strange to me, that part of the movie. And it made me uncomfortable for the poor, like, vet. I was, like, he, like, he, this guy shows up, you save him, and then he's, like, okay, like, now you're a hostage, and, like, I'm also taking your wife. And she's, right. like, cool about it? Like, not even, like, oh, no, don't do this, sir. You know what I mean? Like, she's just, like, way into it. I was, like, that's very bizarre and in that rib scene like it's his car and like they're throwing ribs around and getting a mess everywhere and i was like that's driving me a little bit crazy but then like 
when Rudy's like sticking the rib in his face as he's driving, I'm like, that's so annoying. It's just yeah. like on the grand scheme of things, like hostage and stealing your wife and all this different stuff, like it's very low on the totem pole, but like this is where I would around snap. from the back seat and just like, Hey, you want you want some food? And like guy, stop it. Yeah, this is this is when I would have snapped. Like, I don't know how he didn't murder that guy then. Maybe he had decided that he was already gonna kill himself. He's just like, Well, you know, it's kinda like the Kowalski like stopping to get one last bit of drugs. He's like, Well, you know, I I know I'm gonna die, right? Like exactly. I just need, you know, yeah. whatever. The last thing that like I really, really liked I did like the the Steve McQueen coolness of her knocking on the door in the hotel room, Steve McQueen oh, yeah. breaks mm-hmm. into the other room, comes around the back and flanks them. And then, like, instead of just shooting the guy, he just, like, knocks him out. That was just oozing cool. Like, you know, you're like, oh, is he going to get out of this one? Like, that was one that uh, you're like, oh, man, he might be cornered here. And he's like, nope, just, like, totally out of it, Scott Clean. The last thing that I want to talk about before we get to the biggest fast connection, they're driving in the truck with the guy, right? Like, they, they get away, and they're getting away with, like, for like the last time okay so they like take the old guy and they get in the truck and they're like on a getaway and he's like look i've been in trouble with the police before i can relate and then he like stops and is like are you two married and they're like yeah we're married and he's like good because like kids these days have no morals and it would just like <laughs> there was so much of this dry comedy in this movie that really resonated with me like that i would like laugh but they're not not being funny it's like dude they have you at gunpoint they, they're making yes you drive across the border but like yeah they're they're not living in sin so i guess that's good <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying so like the joke of him being like yeah i'm and he's like totally down with being the getaway driver too he's like yeah dude like we're fucking doing it like he's like no he's like are you gonna shoot me and they're like probably not and he's like okay cool but like yeah he's like are you living in sin though and they're like no he's like good because kids he's at these days have no morals <laughs> you're like bro everything's going wrong right here they, they're clearly in criminal activities the cohabitation was what got them that really cracked me up well speaking of that guy there is the the connection i wanted to say yes. at the very very yep. end it's a very it's point break but it's also very fast and furious four, oh yeah they say it twice in that movie so again very poor negotiating that Stephen queen offers him ten thousand dollars for his truck He's like, how about 20? And then the wife is like, how about 30? And like, like, just say yes to the sale. Like, stop stop negotiating up. Like, I guess they want to like, hey, we're not bad people after all, but whatever. They kind of liked him, yeah. I guess he kind of had like hit a soft spot for them. And they were like, oh, like, at least for her, right? Like, Steve McQueen's still trying to be like, I'll give you 10. And he says 20. And then she's like, hey, we like this guy. Like, we'll give him 30. We got 500 here. Like, we'll be okay. They're like, you have to walk back across the border he's like oh that's not a problem and then as he's walking away he just says via con dios so i was I like know. okay like i know i know it's a common saying but also like it's so burned in my brain for point break yeah i also know that in the fourth movie they say it a couple times so i'm just like man like again dude it really hit me and it's like at the end of the movie too and i was like i was wondering like do you think point break kind of stole it from this like, I know it's a common phrase, like you're saying, too, but I was like, like, the makers of Point Break kind of had to see the getaway, right? I don't know. I would assume so. Right? It seems like a movie, like, if you're making, like, a heist movie, a getaway movie, a kind of a car movie, this is something you'd also have watched. It being so close to the end is what really got me. That's where I was like, did Point Break take this? It might have. There's a non-zero chance that it did. 
I think even if it wasn't intentional, if it was just like a thing that burned into your brain, right? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Again, If you're doing your homework and you're watching heist movies, if you're watching, not that Texas and California are the same, but similar-ish, right? Kind of like deserty, kind of whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rustic, in a sense, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see, I can see it kind of seeping over, bleeding over, whatever. So, yeah, for sure. I have no more notes about the movie. I have some trivia. Do you have any other notes, anything else you notice, anything else you want to say about The Getaway before we do some trivia and then watch the trailer and stuff? When I was watching this movie, see Steve McQueen and now I'm becoming a big Steve McQueen fan I thought that he looks a little bit like Daniel Craig and then I was thinking like why the fuck was Steve McQueen never James Bond because he would have been a badass James Bond so he died in 1980 right yeah and this is 1972. He only did, like, I looked, he only did, like, five more movies after this. Okay. I don't know how much time-wise, I mean, I guess probably, like, 15 years. There's still a lot of time. I don't know how much time-wise, though, like, how many Bond movies were actually made in that era. I also, he's not British, right? So I think that's, that's kind true. of the knock against him. I think that that's the knock against him. But, like, wouldn't you put Steve McQueen up there with, like, Roger Moore, like, Sean Connery of, like, badassery? Of, like, this kind of guy. Like, he looks like he could have been James Bond, especially in this movie. I, I mean, I don't know a lot about his filmography. I've probably only seen, like, four, maybe, movies? Like, I've seen the ones we covered. I've maybe seen one more, and I saw Papillon. But, like, I don't know that he ever, like, he could have played a spy. Maybe he didn't want to. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, but it just, like, when, when like, I was seeing him, like, work out the problems and kind of get into right. hijinks yep. and stuff like that. And then, and then he's just, like oozing cool the manliest man's man ever but like also like suave and like in a suit looks good i was like damn he could have been james bond for sure so this movie was a box office hit earned over 36 million dollars the seventh highest grossing film of 1972 there was a movie that came out in the last decade with ethan hawk and selena gomez called getaway which i was like is that a remake and it's not but there was a remake made in 1994, starring Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, who I think Ugh. were also maybe married at the time. I think they were in a relationship. Okay. Is that right? I don't know. Let me find out. I think that they were. I think... Yeah, he married Kim Basinger in 93, and they divorced in 2002. So again, sort of the history of, like, married couple doing this kind of movie. I can't imagine Alec Baldwin as this as Steve McQueen, though. No, I, th- I feel like we're kind of, in a sense, biased by old Alec Baldwin. I mean think 30 years ago almost different kind of guy you know oh fuck, Glengarry Glenn like, Ross era yeah you're right 30 years ago yeah maybe I didn't even think and you said 94 and I was thinking like 10 years ago you know what I mean oh yeah almost you know 26 years ago yeah so fuck. if he's like 60 now he probably would have been 34 ish probably the same age as Steve McQueen I mean again hard to compare Steve McQueen to anybody but not terribly unlike Glengarry which is like 91, 92-ish, I think? Yeah, you're right. My brain, as soon as you say, like, 2000, I think 10 years ago, every time. Mm. Like, I have this, like, unnatural sense of time that, like, that was just 10 years ago, no matter what year it is in real life. Speaking of Steve McQueen, apparently he had a very easy knack with the weapons, with the props, especially the weapons. Um, Walter Hill, wrote this, said, quote, you can see his military training in the films... He was so brisk and confident in the way he handled the guns, which I think adds to the overall cool and believability and realism of it all. I think so, too. And that's like the whole, you know, Keanu John Wick thing, right? Like, you want to be comfortable with the the weaponry so you don't look like you're fumbly. And he's, like, very comfortable with all the guns in this movie. Like, he just seems, like, so calm about it, which I think added to my me being, like, he looks like he'd be a good James Bond, too, right? Like, Yep. 
Yep. The opening where they shoot in the prison was actually shot at a prison with real convicts around Steve McQueen, which I think is oh, that's wild. Pretty weird, pretty cool. Could you do that today? <laughs> that's so weird, right? I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe, but also probably not. You'd have to like vet somehow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into prison reform here because that's a whole can of worms, <laughs> but I think you could probably do it. I don't know that you would. I don't think that you would. I think that it would just be like a liability for like the crew and the actors like they'd be like no we're just gonna do it on a set like we're not gonna let you go into this prison but i could definitely see someone like tom cruise being like no like i want to be in a prison to like do this movie and everybody else being like why yeah i don't know and the only other trivia is that this was rated pg because there was again no pg-13 back then not until the mid 80s and then they realized a couple years later like oh we screwed up this should have been rated r but they rated a pg because like (laughs) there's a lot of blood i mean the blood looks wildly fake it's so painy i thought this too like it's like so like um like chalky red so unreal unrealistic to me and there's like some very very brief nudity but there's a lot of like sexuality and like sensuality and like it feels like i get i know why they had to invent the middle ground but i was like this is not jaws is pg and which is also crazy it's just like the 70s yeah. are a weird time man yeah <laughs> yeah oh man it's so weird like all the violence on tv like that the kids are seeing and you're like bro like you rated this movie pg like you guys were the problem it's not like <laughs> yeah video games are to blame for all the violence it's like uh, i don't know let us now watch the trailer. If you search on YouTube for the Getaway 1972 trailer, uh, the top hit comes from Warner Brothers, the official Warner Brothers YouTube count. So now that we talked about this movie, did you like it better, worse? Didn't change. I think it's about the same. I think okay. that like I liked watching it. I enjoy Steve McQueen in it. I don't know that I'm going to watch this again. I don't think in especially in terms of this lap. I think it's in the bottom half. Again, that's not a, a condemnation of no, it. Just because it's a again, great movie. yeah. Yeah, because like that we've had such good movies this lap. I just it was just like, yeah, I think I think it's good. I think I've seen especially in this lap and other kind of heisty movies, I think I don't know, I was I was hoping for a little bit more. I really like the the dynamic of their relationship of like them being married but like fighting, but like also like the heist partners. And I think that that really was like the last piece of it for me. They're clearly like a together. Like they're an item, right? Like for sure, but then they're also like business partners. So like all the strange quirks you have to deal with with that made it right. very interesting for me. So the trailer, if you want to watch the trailer, I put it in here before. If mm-hmm. you don't want to buffer. The getaway trailer from Warner Brothers. Are you ready? Okay, I'm good now. Three, two, one, play. It's only two minutes Art and 13 McCoy. seconds, which is good. One to ten years sentence for armed robbery. Starts First the prison. The state of Texas. Wanted by the state of Ohio for assault with a deadly weapon and Oh, the beginning robbery. was very, like, loud and discordant and dreamlike. And I was like, this Surreal. is kind of cool. And then it becomes, like, very gritty in reality. Like, it feels like there's a real 180 once he comes out of prison. Yeah, but I, I kind of like it. You know, like, the idea that he's, like, getting through prison and it's, like, it's all kind of like sleepy it. and dreamy. He's so cool with the gun. At least I got to him. Mm. Even like the hairstyles, like a Mia Toretto hairstyle. It is. I thought so too. And she's always like constantly like mildly sweaty because it looked like it was hot. <laughs> the U-turn, and she and she drives and does like a cool turn. Very Mia. I'd say she drives more than he does in this movie, right? I don't think he drives at barely any in this movie. You still don't get the picture, do you? Okay. I've always heard what a smart ass operator you So now are. we got him at the with the guy. It was th- it was funny that I was listening to Never Not Funny you recently. They were talking about how like weird and bad 70s trailers were and I'm like, yeah, we learned that this lap. Like just we like this is not did. They're just like, oh yeah, let's just throw scenes in from whatever. 
Like, this is the end of the movie. There, he punches the woman in the face in the trailer. Like, okay. Yeah. Now he's, like, gonna... Yeah, they're fighting again. This is really... disjointed. It feels so... It just seems right. I don't know what I would think this movie was gonna do. Okay, we get an explosion. He drives through a... Through the porch. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That is cool, but, like, what were we gonna accomplish here? <laughs> I, mean, I, just... know, I mean, like... That's okay. so strange. Is that it? Is that just over? Yeah, it There's seems like it's... 15 seconds left or something like that, yeah. Okay. Walking down the road with the bag of money... Joe, we gotta see this movie. I, I <laughs> Dude, I, do, I don't want to see this movie, and I just watched it and loved it after watching the trailer. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. That was oh bad. Boy, that's How did it good. make any money? If that's a, I guess you would just be like, Steve McQueen's in a new movie, it's about a heist. You'd be like, okay, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, if they're like do you want to see the trailer? I'm like, Definitely not. <laughs> you would have done really good back in the 70s, because it would have been really easy to not watch trailers. He would be like, they all suck. I'm just going to the theater. Fuck that noise. <laughs> Although I will say that I've started watching trailers for, like, indie stuff. Like, things that, like, get buzzed or that, like, have, like, a high rating on Letterboxd that I've never heard of. Like, basically VOD movies. Like, I'll watch, like, for, like, a minute. And I'll be like, either, like, a minute is all I need to, like, say, oh, I'm not going to watch this. Or, like, oh, that's interesting get Like, tone. I'll still cut myself off yeah. before I know what it's about. But I'm just like, oh, this looks like or feels like... The kind of movie that I would so like I started doing it like in this this month because I was just like I gotta I gotta make a cut somewhere like I can't just watch everything. True. I'm starting sort of back in, but again, like I'm not gonna watch. I mean, for this I would, but like otherwise, like for not for the podcast, I wouldn't watch Fast and Furious trailers. I wouldn't watch like MCU trailers because like I know I'm gonna see those movies. I don't need to be sold on yep. it. It's like the ones on the cusp. I get why people watch trailers, but I feel like. There's a weird thing. I've talked about this a lot. A weird thing with fandom. Like, I want to know as much as I can before I see the movie. It's like, no, man. I just, like, enjoy the surprise of it all. Yeah, I agree with you. Anyways, if you watch that trailer, it doesn't really ruin anything, but it doesn't really tell you anything, and it's just bad. Like, it doesn't even have, like, a narrator to be, like, Steve McQueen in, like, in a heist movie with, like, a No, it's just scenes of the movie. That's it. Okay, Jody, Letterbox game for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, the most popular film on Letterbox, or one of them at least, has been seen by 596,000 people. The Getaway, 1972, directed by Sam Peckinpah, starring Steve McQueen, Alan McGraw, Ben Johnson, and Al Letary. Average rating of 3.6. How many people have seen The Getaway? 37,000. Way lower. Way lower? Really? With Steve McQueen, too? Okay, um, 8,000? Higher. 15? In between those. One more guess. Oh, 13 and a half. 11, 7, 13. Damn. I thought it was going to be way higher because of Steve McQueen being in it. And, it, like, the you getaway is, like, remember, a pretty high schoolers big... don't know or care about Steve McQueen. Yeah, but also you have, like, the weird niche part of Letterboxd. It's, like, all kinds of people, like... That love classic film. I actually wonder in Stephen Queen's filmography, where is this? Where does this fall? This is his sixth most popular. So it's The Great Escape, Magnificent Seven, Bullet, Papillon, The Blob, and then this. Okay. IMDb Steve McQueen. What's he most known for? What are his? Is this in his top four? I wonder. The Great Escape, Papillon, Bullet, and The Getaway. So yeah, it is. But yeah, I yeah. I was thinking like this is like this is one of the like Steve McQueen movies, right? Like this is up there out of those 11,713 people or whatever 3.6 average rating most popular rating four stars then three and a half then three how many people put it in their top four films of all time seven 
Higher. 23. In between. One more guess. I was going to go 11 originally. 12. You would have. You should have gone 11. I should have gone 11. 12 people. So I found on Letterboxd Eduardo Rosso. Eduardo Rosso. Two Rosso. years ago this week, actually. July 17th, 2018. Five stars. From a script by Walter Hill, Peckinpah gives us a hell of a movie. Neo-Western, noir, heist movie, love story, human greed, and a few words. Five stars. It's a good review. I like that. It is like a noir Western. That is... I guess that's a good point. I didn't think of it like that, but yeah. Maybe it's the Texas feel. I was just like into Texas and didn't think of it as like a Western, but yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know where he lives. He doesn't have a location on here. His profile picture is of Tony Soprano, though, so if that helps you. Okay, that helps, yeah. His number one favorite movie of all time is The Getaway. Okay. But you can get at least two of the next three. So one of them is, what is the baseline that we use for this game? Mad Max Fury Road. Correct, number two. Okay. Number three is another Western, also in Texas, much more modern. Uh, also about, is it about a bank robbery? I'm trying is to think. Is it A Few Good Men? No, that's not, that's a military thing. No, what's the, what's the one, uh, No Country for Old Men? Yes. That's yes. what I was trying number to three. say, sorry, yes. Yes. So get get the relation so now, does it make sense? Yeah. A few, I guess, I guess. Title-wise, uh, I'm surprised wise, you like got there, I'm surprised wise. that your brain went there that quickly, I was, I was more thrown off by that, but yeah, okay. Cool. A Few Good Men is also great. That's the Tom Cruise movie, Jack Nicholson, You Can't Handle the Truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then number four, ooh, you you definitely know this. I'll just say it's a movie that came out about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. 2006. It's okay. a movie based on a TV show from the 80s. Is it like Starsky and Hutch? No, but you're not wildly... I don't know what Starsky Dukes and Hutch is really about. No, it's not a car movie. I mean, there's maybe cars. There's probably cool cars in it, but it's not a car movie, I wouldn't say. So again, there's another sort of noir in the in the realm of kind of the getaway, kind of no country, more stylized noir. Based on a show from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Miami Vice? Mm-hmm. Nice, really? Is that it? Yep. Cool. The Getaway, Fury Road, No Country, and Miami Vice. Nice. Not too bad. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's a good, that's a piece, decent lineup. That's fun. Good job, Eduardo Rosso. Yeah. I like the getaway. Good job on that pick, for sure. Well, Joe, that is the officially the end of the Kicking oh. It Old School Lap. We can come back in the future for another iteration of this. Kind of sad it's point. over, brother. Like, I was really enjoying these car movies, so. I was going to say that we just got to wait for them to make more, but, like, you know, <laughs> that's not how this works. Like, they can't, they can't make more movies that came out before the year 2000. <laughs> exactly. We, we need them to go back in time. Well, back to the future, back to the 70s, and, like, inspire them to start doing... Fast and the Furious movies in the 70s. Yeah. That's what we should do. Well, we do have, which we did not do this lap, there is the 1955, I want to say, Roger Corman, I think, movie, The Fast and the Furious, which they which they bought the rights to the name from. Yes. It has nothing to do, but there is a classic Fast and the Furious. We just got to, you know, maybe next time. I just want, like, a very small Vin Diesel to be, like, a character. So he was born in, like, 1970. So, yeah, if you had, like, one of the end of the... Or 70-ish, maybe, like, late 60s, you have one of the end of the 70s, like a 10-year-old Vin Diesel. Exactly. It'd be perfect. A pre-make of Ragazzi starring Vin <laughs> Diesel. True! Good call. No... no. Uh, what... Fuck. Saints. What, what was the guide name? Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. I got No Country for Old Men on the brain now. A Few Good Men. No Country. Ragazzi. Exactly. That's how my brain works, man. So next week, as we kick off lap seven, which is the missing pieces slash Letty Ortiz lap, which actually quick update, which we have, I don't know that we ever explicitly said what we're doing, but we're reining yeah. it in a tiny bit instead of doing all bonus features. Because again, why rush? I also realized how many bonus features there are on yeah. these discs. 
and you pointed out, why don't we just do the one thing? We're going to, in addition to talking about the movie itself, obviously with Nico and Kevo all lap next lap, we're going to do the director's commentary, if there is one, yes. on each movie. Yep. And we're also going to do the deleted scenes, and then sometimes, I don't know if these movies are not, sometimes the deleted scenes also have director's commentary as well. So we're not going to go into like behind the scenes the making of, like the Craig Lieberman type stuff, like the featurettes, all that stuff. We're not doing that now. We're just doing we're just the main movie it. commentary and deleted scenes, and if those have commentary too, so spread it out to infinity. Well, yeah, that's that's so Joey like pitched. He was like, "Oh my god, look at this list! There's like all these featurettes and stuff." And I was like, "In my brain, there were gonna be like three or four things. Like, a mo- I think probably I would guess if I had to guess, more modern movies are gonna have fewer things to do. But like, I looked and like, there's literally like three hours in addition to the commentary. It's like three hours of stuff on the first movie alone. I'm like, I with we can't like that's it's too much to cover. Yeah, yeah, and I don't feel like we can give it the appreciation and time and dedication I want to give to every one of these things if we do them all at once. So we are going to do the director's commentary, the missing pieces, the deleted scenes, the behind the thing, the behind the scenes, what we did not know, in addition to the memory loss stuff and the Letty Ortiz, Michelle Rodriguez movies. But next week, we are doing the first movie, The Fast and the Furious from 2001, yeah, that which makes we sense. all know. And then on Friday, we are doing a Michelle Rodriguez movie. We are doing, I think, her most recent... It's not her most recent movie. There's one that came out since then, but she's got a very, very small part in that. But her most recent sort of starring role in Widows we are doing next Friday. Have you seen Widows or no? I feel like I saw parts of it, or maybe I wanted to see it when the trailers came out, but I don't remember it, so maybe I fell asleep during it. I, I really feel like I watched it on a plane and fell asleep during it. Well, a nice connection that is not actually a connection at all is that it is directed by the other Steve McQueen, director Steve McQueen, British oh. Steve McQueen, who did like 12 Years a Slave. He also did Widows. So very go cool. essentially from one Steve McQueen to the other Steve McQueen, both wildly talented, both really impressive film crews. And I liked so. every actress that was in Widows. It was like down the line, like all of them were like fire, like actresses that I liked from other stuff. So I'm excited yep. to rewatch or watch it for the first time because I don't remember it. So one and a half, your, your first and a half watch something like that. Exactly. Next Friday, Widows. Perfect. So it's not going to be always be Michelle Rodriguez movies. There's also going to be some memory loss, things like that. But I figured if we're kicking off essentially the Letty lap, we better have a Letty movie to sort of lead I'm things off. You, and brother. so we're doing that. Yep. But we'll go from there. So The Fast and Furious and Widows next week. Sounds Any great. other thoughts about this lap or this movie or anything before we close up shop and go come back next week with Nico and Kevo? This was a wonderful lap. I said that earlier. I really enjoyed all the movies we watched during this lap. There wasn't really any stinkers, right? Like, there was nothing that I watched that I was like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. There's many of these that I would rewatch, and if you guys liked any of the other car movies and for some reason you haven't seen The Getaway, go watch it, because I liked it a lot. So, Joe 2 approves this for his dive bar movie car playlist, for sure. Thumbs up. Well, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, and Joe's dive bar playlist, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Forever, or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com and come back next week as we kick off lap seven Whew. yeah the letty ortiz michelle rodriguez missing pieces lap i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll see you next time right here on too fast too forever peace out you anus, anus.